7 o'clock. You know where your freedom is? Welcome to another edition of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. What you're about to see is nothing short of a miracle. So revolutionary that at this point in time, there is nothing else like it anywhere. You may ask yourself, how is this possible? Computers, that's how. He has a machine and a cord right out of his computer. Prepare to make computer to computer contact. That is an easiest idea. Holy macro. The internet, that's the one with email, right? You've got mail. Yeah. Who said that? Thank you. God bless the internet. That's where where the real action is. Come on and take a look. This could be very interesting indeed. Well, hi everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pig, broadcasting live on this August 20th, 2019, Indie Media Weekly, Radio for Humans. Welcome to this very special edition of tonight's program where we are going to forego news and politics. That's right. But we do have a very fun variety of topics to discuss this evening that I think will offer a little bit of something for everybody. Don't you agree, Miles and Michelle from Port St. Lucie, Florida, uh, the, uh, the, the mediocre city? And of course, on loan from Mike Check Radio. Miles, uh, thank you for helping. Welcome to the show. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Glad to be here. And I figured, since we have this opportunity, Joe and uh, and Rain are both off tonight. Uh, Joe had some has had a prior engagement, and Rain has a week long engagement in Florida, so vacationing with uh, with Bobber and family. And of course, uh, Rain, if you can you wave to, or I'm sorry, Michelle, can you wave to Rain from where you are? So. Yes, yeah, I'll wave to the south. She's south of us for about an hour. So well, there you go. So yeah, so. But thank you. He's always um, welcome to contact us if she wants to say hi or anything. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Should be local, a local call, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a thing anymore. Um, yeah. So, but anyway, thank you, Michelle and Miles, for for joining me. Um, I, I'm really excited about tonight's show because I always love talking to the two of you about. Uh, crafting and art stuff and hobby hobbyism whatever um, and I have launched into a new realm of crafting on my end that I wanted to discuss with you but I want to tell everybody else what else we have coming up in the show because we have on the program tonight uh, Adam Hebert will be joining us as well so we're, I'm stealing everybody from Mike Jack Radio for the show tonight um and and that's okay and because in hour two we have a very special uh two guests as a matter of fact and that is uh cousin curtis destroyer aka destroyer kurt and trent um from their new podcast the lunatic parade which is going to be debuting this friday after turn up the night they have uh, at least seven episodes in the can uh they've had some shenanigans go on with their soundcloud account and stuff like that they're going to tell us all about that what the podcast is all about and more of course they are uh, avid role players first table gaming is the is a, a website that they're working on and uh and of course uh, curtis has some great videos he has this one awesome video about like uh role playing uh, on a budget and like he goes to Dollar Tree and like goes through the audience like, look, you can use these little dinosaurs for monsters, and they're only a dollar. <laughs> and um, right. you know, I mean, he's just you know a really creative and fun guy. And Trent is a really cool guy as well. I met him at uh, at a. Uh, 
Leo, uh, um, Curtis's son's uh, graduation party. So I had a nice conversation with both of them down there. So I'm excited they're going to be part of the Indie Media Weekly family. And in hour three, something I promised I was going to do, uh, I probably should have done it last Friday, but I think this is good enough that the American release of Monty Python's The Life of Brian was 40 years ago, pretty much this week, last week. Uh, I think the release date was August 17th of 1979, and I've got a whole plethora of audio related to The Life of Brian to play. Uh, Not just clips from the movie, but the struggles that they, they went through to get the movie released and the controversy of making this yeah. film so it, python controversial get <laughs> out of town <laughs> uh I, I, go I ahead i think germany still won't let that movie be shown in theaters uh, yeah really so uh but yeah we'll we'll have uh, you know stuff about the protests the bands the you know the, the 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 financing all kinds of great stuff about the movie and uh and um some interesting little tidbits on uh, at least one of the lesser-known cast members. Uh, well, not of Monty Python, but from the film. But anyway, um, yeah, so so let's get right into it. Uh, and again, thank you once again, both of you, for uh, agreeing to help out tonight on this fun show. And uh, I want to start with talking about what I've decided to start doing is making silicone molds to do reproduction parts for, as many people know who listen to the show, I am a collector and customizer of vintage and more modern seven, uh, uh, me, uh, sorry, Mego action figures, largely 70s ones, and, and I've been doing this uh, big project of making, trying to make an army of 100 zombies, <laughs> 8-inch zombies. <laughs> and 100, huh? That's yeah, impressive. At least a hundred, because I want to. I want to eventually end up trying to sell them, and I'm. I, I have at least thirty done. Uh, it, well, I'm sorry, thirty in various stages of completion, mostly done. So, uh, but uh, but yeah. So, I kind of hit an impasse with, um, like, uh, uh, having. I want to have unique head sculpts as 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 often as possible for these figures, and uh, you know I can't sculpt an entire head. Um, you know I, I'm sure I could. It would probably take me forever. So the easy I way for me, yeah, the individualization of them would increase their value. Yes, exactly. The, yes, exactly. So you know, so uh, I, I've and I get to the point where it's like. I have a vintage head in my hand, and I'm like, I could probably resell this down the road. If somebody needed this part, I could get probably more money for just that part than if I were to mutilate it and stick it on my own custom figure. So I decided I, I wanted to start making molds of some of these, you know, um, some of these different heads. Uh, because, and, and another thing too, is there are certain kinds of, uh, uh, you know, um, resin or epoxy or whatever uh that you and clays that you can actually use and cast and then work with them afterwards so you can manipulate what the molds you know the the cast item looks like and of course even after they're dry you can use a dremel tool or knives whatever you know uh to to you know make your you know, I'm a big fan of the drill bit. <laughs> drill oh, out yeah, that, yeah. drill out that eye, <laughs> so, and buffer buffing pads for my Dremel too. Big fan of the buffing pads, but 
so I have started buying different products and testing them. And I got to say, the very first product I got, I will never recommend anybody ever buy this. It is, it, it, I watched a video of this, and there's a great guy on um, YouTube called Craftsman, not Craftsman, but Craftsman. And he's totally anonymous, but he's this really cool, like, southern dude who uses, like, this Muppety-looking puppet to represent his face. And you only ever see his hands, his gloved hands, working on stuff. And he recommended this stuff. It's a two-part putty for making molds. And I have to say, I used it, and I made three molds with it. I measured this stuff out with a scale to make sure I had the had it right. Um, and it doesn't work. It never dried. It's just like, I just have like three waxy, nasty, soft things that never became molds. And the, the stuff is called polyplastic silicone mold putty. It's a two part, uh, you know, an A and a B compound. Like one of them white and the other one green. Uh, one's white, one's blue. And um, and this stuff, uh, I'm returning it. I'm going to shove all that shit back in the cans and send it back uh, to Amazon uh, because it is absolute, it's just garbage. Now, I'm thinking what happened is I just got a bad batch because it seems like a small business that makes this, but uh, something must have happened to their quality control with this one because... I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was like, uh, you know, I, I did everything in my power to make sure I did this right. I did it three times, and no, it didn't work. And and I don't know if you guys, you know, you you guys work with different stuff that comes in, you know, two part compounds, right? You you sure? Uh, there's a little give in that if you're not yes. down to the if you're not down to like the the molecule, <laughs> you know. I, I mean, tend to go a little uh, a shade heavy on the hardener. Mm -hmm. you know, there's the resin, and then there's the hardener. Yeah, because I have, uh, like you say, I don't want something coming out un. Yeah, I don't want to air on the other side. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, I'll put the link here. If anybody, uh, I, I'm not putting this to recommend it. I'm saying if you see this, do not buy this. This is not a good product. Um, also, uh, the, uh, but yeah, so, uh, well, uh, um, what do you guys use for, uh, cause you make your own, uh, like Michelle, your brains, uh, you, you sculpted them and then miles, you made a mold. What was it? A silicone mold? Um, it was a silicon and it's been so long. I don't remember the name of the stuff okay. I used. That's all right. Um, it's uh but it, it was a it's a not a it's not a clear it was a mostly it was not opaque mm -hmm. it's not opaque it was a translucent yeah less translucent than translucent from the boys yeah i'll just i'll just say that <laughs> michelle uh do you, anything you would like to add to that michelle just walked into our crafting room she's going to acquire things so oh okay we, okay don't don't sit here and act, you know, <laughs> like a complete idiot. Oh, no, that's okay. I, I, pre well, you know, I, all I, all I had to do was go to my Amazon order history and just, <laughs> that's what I'm looking at right now. <laughs> oh, so. 
cool, cool. But uh, but yeah. So uh, you know, I'm uh, but I'm curious because I'm I'm always willing to try stuff now. But the molds I'm making are a little tricky because yeah, they're just heads. But I am trying to make molds for the entire head. So you know, it's um, and I figured out a couple ingenious things we'll talk about here soon when I talk about pouring the molds. But um, uh, did Michelle retrieve the the? She got the mold and. We have a number of uh, stuff in the room. I could go mm. get it. No, you don't have to go get it. I just, well, like, you know, we can do it the break. We can go. Yeah, check I, it out. yeah. Okay, so. yeah. I was just, I was just curious if there's anything off the top of your head that you uh, like to use. That's a well, it, but there is one two-part compound outside of this realm, and that's for repairs. But the JB Quick Weld, that I know I've never gotten completely 100 percent with because that stuff is really thick and hard to deal with. There, I'll, I'll tell you some stuff I used when I was growing mm -hmm. up. My dad, uh, you know, he was a machinist for Eastern Airlines and yeah. had access to all kinds of cool stuff. And one of the things he had was um, called Silguard 184. Okay. S-Y-L guard. Uh, and um, I think it's made by DuPont. What did you make anyway, with that? Well, what, it, what it's designed to do, it's a two-part resin, It's um, but it's not equal parts. You know, you got to kind of measure it out. Mm -hmm. And it's designed to be poured onto electronics to protect the resistors, oh. transistors, capacitors, and what have you. Okay. And uh, it turns out that it has a very high temperature... Um, threshold? Uh, threshold, yes. It can handle a lot. And what I made from that is molds of D&D &D figs back in the day, old ones. I made... Uh, I cast a fire iron, a fire giant mold, a troll. Uh, oh, yeah. um, skeleton didn't work too well. Oh, um, stormtroopers. Nice. You know, things that I wanted to mass produce, you know, and this. Yeah. Uh, uh, of, of, uh, anyway, it could handle lead. Oh, God. Um, yeah. L lead. Now, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's better to use a lower temperature lead. Lead yeah. mixed with a certain amount of tin, and that's solder. It's a, yeah. uh, it's like a 60-40 ratio or something like that. And it has a much lower melting temperature than pure lead. Sure. And so that's that's what I, I prefer to use, and that is the type of stuff. Um, now, this is a kid. I'm still in high school, and so accessing metal is expensive, right? Sure. So, so when I walk to school... And I, when I'm walking home, I would take different paths, different streets. Mm -hmm. And as I'm walking along the street, I'm looking down, and wheel weights back in the day were lead. And I would pick up the wheel weights. I remember you talking bring, about this before, yeah. And bring them home, yes. And, and uh, you know, because they're free. Cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I... And I my dad had a little let uh, um, a melting pot because you know you know we cast our own bullets. He had a yeah. uh, he had gun press for reloading his three fifty seven Magnum and a carbine. But anyway, yeah. So I just throw the let we we just throw the lead in there, melt it down. And I'd make ingots out of it, and then uh, you know, you know that when you do that, the lead mm -hmm. isn't uh, pure because there's dirt and oil, but all that crap sure. floats to the top. Skinny. And you just take a spoon that has not been moistened with water yeah. because that explodes in your face. I remember you telling me about that too. <laughs> so. yes. yeah. Important safety lesson, yeah. Egon. So, yeah. 
Uh, well, yeah. Thank you, Michelle. Play. Anyway, yeah, that's thank you, yeah, thank you, Michelle, for for posting the picture of the mold there. That's that's Put exciting. Picture in the chat. I yeah, would just thanked. Yeah, thank you. Um, I would, <laughs> and Michelle, I would post my molds, but I'm afraid it, it would be rather disappointing because you would just see like four blue cylinders with holes in the top. <laughs> because. <laughs> yes. Uh, because again, it's, and that's the beautiful thing though, because now I'll get to the, the product where I actually had success with the mold and I, and the first one, you see, I, I was first, I wanted to try and do a two part, two part mold for the, the front uh, of the, the head and then the back of the head. And with the liquid stuff, it, it's just not happening. It is just not happening. So basically, I, I did, and I wasted way too much on this. I, I cast one of the heads. I basically what I did was I made a bed of uh, uncooked Sculpey modeling clay, essentially, and yeah. put that in the bottom of a round container, and then shoved the back of the head into that, and then I poured the liquid um, silicone on the top. And then when it dried, I flipped it off and, the, and it peeled right away from the the Sculpey. And then I just put Vaseline and then I, you know, some of the Sculpey stuck, but not much. And I scraped it off. And then I put Vaseline on that and all just all through the, the, the front side of the mold. And then I put it in another container and bit that it fit in the bottom of and then poured the, the back half on it. It didn't really work out that well, it, it, you know. I, I, it's it's a functional mold, but I'll basically I'll have to do a lot of cleanup on anything I cast in that. And the first material I used to cast a head, <laughs> this sounds weird, uh, <laughs> is is uh, a, I'm again I'm I'm kind of. Batting a thousand here. Well, no, batting a thousand. That that means good, doesn't it? I don't know. Uh, perfection, actually. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, batting a, a negative a thousand with these first two products. <laughs> uh, Lumina, uh, Lumina air dry polymer clay. Uh, basically, I bought this because apparently it remains kind of squishy when it's done. So I thought that would be nice to emulate the the rubber heads from the seventies. You know. Um, right. But it does not. I worked the hell out of it, and I it just did not pick up enough detail. Uh, at least from the first mold. I'm gonna try on one of the other molds, um, but uh, but then again, I used that on the two part mold, and I just don't think that's working because I you you know I would basically just have to jam a ton of uh, the stuff in there. You know, uh, well, you know, it, it should be about the right amount of, of, of putty to make the head. But f holding it shut is like I can put tape on it, but it's not going to hold pressure like equally, th th you know, over it because it's so rubbery and squishy. So it's just not going to work that way. So so essentially what I, what I decided is I need to cast the whole head all at once. And and then that's where the the second the actual successful stuff that, that I tried to make the two part mold out of which I failed but this one um, is and I do recommend this this is a lot of it's it's messy but it is a lot of fun to work with uh, especially when it's dry um, but this one is, here's the link in the chat room I do recommend this it's a little expensive but you get a lot 
It's 30 bucks, and I've already made six molds out of it, and one of, two of them I wasted a lot. I could have made much smaller molds, and I didn't. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this stuff is called uh, Smooth On Umu 25 Fast Cure Mold Making Silicone Kit. Um, this stuff makes... It, 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 it ma your, your silicone molds are done in, in 75 minutes, I think is the time it says. Oh, and nice. and you have about fifteen minutes of pour time or pot time, whatever you call that. So that's a really nice. And this is this anybody could use this for anything. If there's something you want to replicate, I mean, they show on the box. You know, there's somebody just oh well, there's a little decorative thing I have in my house, and I want more of them. You know, um, or or whatever. You know, it, there's and and I, I eventually at some point I'm going to try and use some kind of resin to make the heads a liquid resin but for the time being what i've found um is uh well oh, let me tell you how i made the molds <laughs> i think michelle you like my ingenuity on this one because okay I, I was getting sick of wasting you know you know and this is in a, this is like in less than 24 hours <laughs> that i've done all this but i was getting sick of wasting this stuff so I was like, okay, I need the perfect container to make a mold that has just enough on each side of it, and and I have to be able to su to suspend the head so it doesn't sink to the bottom, you know. Um, so basically, what I did is I have medications <laughs> that I take every day, and right. with that, I have a lot of pill bottles, and some of them are the little fat pill bottles. You know, not the super fat ones, but the ones in between, you know, that I guess they're about an inch and a half in diameter or something like that. And what I did is I took um, the caps, I drilled a hole in the top of the cap, and then I put a screw in it and a screw big enough to go into the hole, into the, the cavity of the neck of the of the head. And then I, I put it, you know, and then I adjusted it by screwing it through the the hole that I drilled in the cap. I also put some air holes in the cap too, so you know it had more room to to breathe. And and basically, I poured my uh, silicone, my wet silicone, into it, and then I, then I shoved the head down in, and then I kind of just left the cap on there a little loosely, um, you know, to get you know more air. I don't know, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. If I screw the cap on tight, I wouldn't want it to get messed up, you know, because it seems like the as it dried, it did rise a little bit. So, uh, so, but yeah, so that's what I did, and that worked out great. So I've got, you know, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> getting the molds out of those <laughs> pill bottles, <laughs> not so easy, um, uh, because there's a lot of suction. Uh, uh yeah. Yeah, so uh, some, fifteen pounds per square inch. Yeah, so basically, what I ended up doing as I was, I took a screwdriver and I slid it down the side of it. I pried it up, and then I took my Dremel with my other hand and I drilled a small hole in the bottom to, so uh, of the bottle, and and I can still reuse the bottles because I can just put tape over that, and then I pull it off, and I've got you know a little airflow uh you know from the bottom so that that worked on a couple and then one of them i was tapping to try and get it to slide out a little bit like you do with a ketchup bottle 
And then right. I was like, oh, this is just cracking. Okay, let's break it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I broke one. But I think they came out great. Uh, you know, I won't know until I start casting heads. Um, but the the you know the vintage the vintage uh, uh, plastic heads the paint was unaffected by this uh, you know I did test it on one that I didn't care about as much and then I just started casting all my favorite ones didn't affect the paint they pulled pulled out with a just a little bit of brute force pair of pliers grabbed the neck plug and you know they popped right out and um, the the first one I did like this last night. Uh, the one that I wasted a bunch of stuff on. I actually put another product that I will recommend. This is my fourth and final product, and then I swear to God, I'm going to stop talking so damn much. Um, is um, I basically took a bunch of this stuff, Miles. Uh, it's called Fix It Sculpt Epoxy Clay. It's a two-part um, all-purpose adhesive, it says. But uh, we, we had something similar to this before, and uh, and I've used it to, like do add-on parts onto figures um but this stuff basically i worked it and worked it and worked it until it was as soft as it possibly could again it's a two-part compound and then i just grabbed it and i shoved it down in that that hole through the you know the neck opening of that first mold i did and um and i i actually cut, cut the mold just a little bit but i cut it in the wrong place i thought i was cutting it near the back of the head but it doesn't matter. It's a uh, it, it 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 just is leaving flashing in a slightly more awkward spot. It's fine. So that's what you call that when there's extra little yes. gubbins flashing. So, but I use this stuff, and I'll tell you what. I was worried about how it would pick up detail, but once it was all jammed down into that silicone mold, I pulled out the head today with a pair of pliers, and it looked great. So those are my awesome. two big two big hits uh, right now are the. Uh, fix it sculpt and the smooth on umu fast curing silicone mold. Smooth on is actually the co the company we uh, for stuff we use. Yes. Okay. Great. Great. So dash on dot com and they got a whole slew of products, not just you know. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, they this this stuff this liquid rubber is great. I'm gonna try and use it all in the next couple days because they say it is a short shelf life um, and I don't want to waste it and I have plenty of more molds that I can make so uh, so yeah so I might try for the next one a, a tapered container <laughs> instead of the pill bottle <laughs> because I ah. think a tapered container might work a little bit better uh, to, to remove it from so I'm thinking like a, a jello cup or something like that a yogurt right. cup or something but but yeah or something that's easier to cut than a pill bottle <laughs> so uh but yeah so so what do you think michelle uh fun times in uh in casting stuff yeah yeah i i'm not the i i don't make the molds but um i've seen miles craft the mold out of uh several small aluminum uh brackets and then fill in the slots with clay and then pour the mold material in those and those that works really well too yeah. that way you can just pull off the brackets and you know scrape away the clay and you have you know it, it you know yeah i use clay clay is very pliable and it works great in sealing up liquids you just yep. it's like it's like reusable caulk <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I hope everybody has a reusable cock because it's terrible to just use your <laughs> cock once and throw it away. Exactly. Um, and, and I do apologize for the little background noise. Loki was getting into the garbage repeatedly. There's you. a pair in there and he wants it. Oh, that, that's... Oh. Yeah. That little infant troopin'. Infant troopin'. Uh, he, he's a troublemaker. Like, I guess so. My goodness. So, so yeah, so there you go, everybody. In case you ever wanted to try and make a mold on your own, um, uh, smooth on good product line. So, yeah, uh, they, they huh? even do theatrical stuff that you know, they do silicon and silicon moldings for theatrical bits, so it's non toxic and all of that. So, yeah, they, they're yeah. a pretty, uh, a pretty flexible company, yeah, and so is their product, <laughs> it's very flexible, yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of excited because this is completely new territory for me. Uh, and, um, I'll tell you what, uh, well, look at that. Look how the time flies. Um, and, uh, what, what's time for us to go to the break. Uh, and, uh, let me see. I think I might have something special, uh, for us. Um, yeah, let me see. Breaks. Uh, oh, I got to open up my, uh my folder for tonight because i do that i make folders for every show and i didn't open this one that's the one thing i didn't do before we started so you'll hear my little desktop noises as i click it like like <laughs> uh but yeah so uh since we are going to be talking about the uh the the 40th anniversary of the life of brian i thought i would find some fun little oddities from around the internet and from 1979 on this break, instead of a song, we're going to hear Siskel and Ebert's review of The Life of Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there we go. So, 40 years ago, uh, The Life of Brian came out in America and scared a, the, the pants off of some people. But anyway, we'll be right back with lots more Turn Up the Night with me, Michelle, and Miles, and of course, uh, uh, waiting in the wings. Uh, well, we're waiting in the wings, I guess, or he's he's dodging raindrops right now. Adam Hebert will be with us next hour, as well as uh, Kurt and Trent from their new gaming podcast. We'll be right back right after this. And of course, leave it to me to hit the wrong damn button. Uh, that's it's not the broadcast. Here we go. We'll be right back right after this. We are living in the most spectacular, difficult, and dangerous period in history. In search of knowledge, we have probed the depths of nature never before explored. We have challenged the sky and sent great engines thrusting far into space. Amazing feats. Our sacrifices have been many. Our discoveries constant, and our questions unending. The courage to see through these troubled times to a bright future comes from Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. The next one is a comedy that's causing quite a bit of controversy. It's Life of Brian by the Monty Python comedy troupe, seen here regularly on public television. The Monty Python gang always makes fun of social customs, and Life of Brian makes fun of biblical movies. You know, the pictures that purport to tell the story of important religious figures, but always with a Hollywood cast of thousands. Life of Brian is the story of a guy named Brian Cohn. Mistaken at first for the Christ child, he grows up to be an oddball, but how could he help that? After all, he has a mother who likes to take him to public stonings. <laughs> They're in the crowd wearing fake beards. Only men can attend. By virtue of the authority 
fisted it, me. Oh, lay off. We haven't started yet. Come on. Who threw that? Who threw that stone? Come on. Sorry, I thought we started. Go to the back. Oh, dear. Always one, isn't there? Now, where were we? Look, I don't think it ought to be blasphemy. Just saying Jehovah. You're making it worse for yourself. Making it worse? How could it be worse? Jehovah, Jehovah, I'm warning you, if you say Jehovah once more, right, who threw that? Come on, who threw that? Was it you? Yes. Right. Well, you did say Jehovah. anyone until I blow this whistle. Do you understand? Even, and I want to be this absolutely clear, even if they do say Jehovah. <laughs> <laughs> that was Monty Python member John Cleese conducting the stoning and getting stoned himself. Later, Brian Cohn, our reluctant hero, is thrust into the limelight. He joins an anti-Roman protest group and is arrested by Pontius Pilate. But this is no ordinary Pontius Pilate. In Life of Brian, this one can't pronounce his R's. Hey, oh. Caesar! Hey! Only one survivor, sir. Ah! Throw him to the floor. What's it? Throw him to the floor. Ah! <laughs> now, what is your name, Jew? Brian, sir. Brian, eh? No, no, Brian. Ow! <laughs> the little rascal has spirit. Has what, sir? Spirit? Yes, he did, sir. Hello. Spirits, um, Bobardo, a touch of knowing do. Oh, uh, about eleven, sir. So, you dare to wade us? To what, sir? Strike him, St. Jorian, very roughly. <laughs> oh, and, uh, throw it at the floor, sir. Throw him to the floor again, sir. Oh, yes. Throw him to the floor, please. <laughs> <laughs> Funny stuff. Now, this film is controversial because Life of Brian does relate to the Christ story and does have some religious leaders now saying that it's therefore blasphemous. They obviously shouldn't see Life of Brian. In fact, I wonder if they did see Life of Brian. This movie isn't about Jesus. It's a parody of religious movies. And it's also one of the year's funniest films. I think that's the key. Either you find it funny or you don't. I've read the newspaper reports about the religious leaders and groups who have said the film is offensive and blasphemous. I must say that I went looking for that in a way, yeah. and I just didn't find it. If anybody who sees Monty Python's Flying Circus on television is not going to find too much in this movie to upset or surprise them. It's a, yeah. it's a funny, silly, harmless movie. 
I feel bad having to defend it. Uh, you know, I wonder about these people, religious leaders who say things like this. Do they think that people who have deep personal religious faith will be have that faith shaken by a 90-minute movie? How shallow, how patronizing, how insulting to people of faith. This is a funny picture. I think you're right, and I think now we should go on to something completely oh. different. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad Friedman from bradblog.com and the Bradcast, heard right here on Indie Media Weekly. Thanks for supporting truly independent media, right here on Indie Media Weekly. Hey, I'm Rick Beatty. And I'm Nick Sadler. And I am Jody Hamilton. We are from the bunker. So we do a one-hour weekly podcast. Where we get to speak our mind about stuff from a liberal perspective. We will be on Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. We are so excited. If you don't have any right-wing friends, you'll feel at home with us. From the bunker. With Jody Hamilton. Nick Sadler. And Richard Beatty. On Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. I am Miles Lagant. Inviting you to listen to Mike Check Radio every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Our host, Adam Hebert, will be bringing the latest in politics and nerd news to discuss, including movies, games, and anime, all while putting up with boss-level button-pushing from yours truly. I'm your huckleberry. Also, my lovely wife, Michelle, the mistress of mayhem, will be there to pwn Adam for his use of the F-bomb. I'm nice and sweet and pure, so fuck off! And Metal Master Kenny Pick will help keep the show on the rails with a stern but guiding hand. Remain calm! All is well! All is well! Indie Media Weekly, doing the best with what we have to work with. This is Indie Media Weekly, extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. This is Stephanie Miller. You're listening to Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. Great Scott! What is that? It's really weird, but it's also the coolest fucking thing I've ever heard in my whole life. It's terrible, by the way. Totally overproduced. The first known instance of a man who was killed because he had lousy ratings. Oh my God! They've killed Kenny! You bastards! I've had worse. It's showtime! I have had worse. Man, it, it certainly is showtime. Welcome back uh, to the program, uh, this Turn Up the Night uh, special presentation. And uh, oh, before before I introduce uh, the dynamic duo once again, uh, Kenny Pick Senior put uh, a great mold release is Colonite Eight Forty Five Insulator Wax. So uh, that's interesting. I've never heard of that. And thank you, Dad, for uh, con- contributing to the uh, the molds and casts and things like that conversation. Appreciate that. And of course, uh, Miles Lagon, Port St. Lucie, Florida, the game master from Mike Check Radio and and Parts Unknown. Well, Port St. Lucie. Uh, <laughs> welcome back, as sir. As known as you can get. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and of course, uh, Michelle Lagon, uh, mother of cats, and a whole bunch of other names that Adam has written down. Yet I do not. Our rogue DM uh, from Mike Check Radio. Welcome back. That is quite all right. He he tends to get a little over heavy in the praise, so I appreciate the the brevity. Best game master in the world. I think. 
the universe? I don't know. It, it, it depends on how. Something silly like that. Mm. I, yeah, uh, the roguest of DMs, I'll say. Uh, so. uh, there we go. There you go. And the fakest of Republicans. She will, she will embrace that title. Yeah, and will you embrace the fakest of Republicans? I am the fakest of Republicans, you hippie <laughs> libtard. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So, uh, throw in heathen too, or something like that as well. Pervert. Oh man, I know we're not yeah. talking politics, but it is so fun to argue with a Republican and go totally Nazi on them, and then they go, "Well, no, I don't mean that." Da, 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 da. And then you go, "You liberal." <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. That's quality. So anyway, uh, yeah, welcome back uh, to the show, everybody. And of course, uh, you know we, we're uh, you know I I. I Hey, if if Joe and Rain don't have to talk politics tonight, then I don't either. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, but yeah, so uh, Joe will be back with us on Friday, and of course the whole Mike Check Radio gang will be here with us as well. Uh, and of course Adam will be joining us in the top of the hour, and of course we'll get uh, we'll have Curtis and Trent calling in from the Lunatic Parade, our brandest newest addition to the lineup here on Indie Media Weekly. So, very excited about that. So, um, uh, let, let's get into um, uh, anything you guys want to talk about craft-related, or, or, or but I, I kind of wanted to, to see if there's, like, any good advice, th- since you guys have been, obviously, you, you probably could have had uh, many a disaster with crafting or horrible cleanup stories or whatever uh so i i I don't know i I guess i want to know if you're gonna if you're preparing to do something messy with a two-part compound or lots of paint or whatever you know and i know you know that people will be like oh throw down newspaper whatever you know um i want to i want to hear it from you guys how you prepare to keep your house uh free as possible from spills and mishaps and and whatnot um Cardboard boxes and wax yes. paper. Yes and yes. I I I I'm a, a proponent of both of those. I'll save pop uh, pop boxes or beer boxes because they're they're not as mushy, you know, as a regular cardboard yes. box. Right. And you know, and they nothing's going to leak through those things. You know, I mean, if you leave Cereal something sitting there, also yeah. good and even can even be bigger depending on if you buy the big family industrial size cereal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Put that gloss side down on your table, and um, and and you've got the absorption of the inside of the box. You can clean your brushes on it. Do all that. The yes. wax paper, I, I I love it. Wax paper is great for the JB Quick Weld. Yes. Um, because or anything Elmer's glue or any water-based glue too, or yeah, you know, it really works well with. Yeah, and because uh, ever since Miles turned me on to the JB Quickweld, and I'm I'm about halfway through my first batch of the the Quickweld. Um, but it goes uh, a long way. That stuff's it, amazing. It does, it does. But I've I'll tell you what, I've found so many good uses for it. Uh, sometimes there's some fails, but you know, for the most part, it's I'd say it's eighty percent successful most most uh, repair jobs. But yeah, in, in what I'll do is I'll just tear off a little piece of wax paper, and you mix it up on that with a toothpick or matchstick or whatever. And then when you're done, just fold that toothpick matchstick right up in that piece of paper and throw it right in the garbage can. Bingo! That's all you need to do. It's, so, it's great stuff. Yeah, and I I like having parchment paper around too, uh, for. Uh, uh, 
I was using that to put my molds that never dried on. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I thought, uh, uh, I kind of wanted the, you know, cause wax paper doesn't have as much of a tooth as, uh, as, um, the, um, parchment paper but it seems like you know stuff peels off of it just about as easy so i don't know i i tried the, so having parchment paper around works too and i'll re like if if we have if we cook something with parchment paper i'll like save whatever parts weren't touched by the food it too badly and just you know fold those up and stick them in a zipper bag and put those in the uh in the garage Susan makes fun of me because I save like every kind of Ziploc bag or sandwich bag or whatever. And I just have like big bag, gallon bags of bags, <laughs> you know, not a ton. I mean like two big gallon bags of bags because I do so much spray painting where I might have to mask off the entire body of, of a figure or something like that. And I'm just doing the head or vice versa that I'm, it's like, those things are great. You know, you can, you know, you just, Put it on, tape it up. But yeah, so so that's great. So we're we're on board uh, with one another on the on the cardboard and wax paper now. And if it's going to be really messy or mm -hmm. like a big spray paint thing, to, uh, construction construction trap sides open on them and cover okay. almost any surface with those. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, they're reusable too. Yeah, you know, or those huge lawn um, uh, lawn trash bags, the big yeah. black ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just slid them down the side, slid them across the bottom. It makes a huge sheet of plastic that yeah. is, you know, and it's, and, and it's cheaper than buying the rolled plastic that you would normally use for a paint job from a hardware store anyway. Sure. So. Yeah, and you know, there's all there's always stuff out there too. If you you know you order a big item or something like that, sometimes it'll come in a plastic bag or that thin, um, like foam, the the almost like the fabric type foam. You can save that stuff for spray paint jobs too. What I use for my well, like we got our garage built about a year ago now <laughs> and we got a discount for putting the sign for the great garage company in the front yard well i saved that sign and i i use that for most of my spray painting jobs i have a a little like a a, a little it's like a square wire basket it's like kind of the size of like two milk crates side by side you know so it's like a big you know uh plastic coated metal cage almost that i used for i used to use to, to store like scrap lumber in but then i got a better wooden box for that so now i use this thing and i set it out and I, I basically it's sitting out on the lawn and then when it's time to spray paint something it just elevates my little sign from the great garage company because it's made out of corrugated plastic so and it's actually looking like a piece of wall art now. <laughs> I bet. Because it's got like all these silhouettes. I'm like, oh wow, it looks like a wall from Hiroshima. <laughs> you know? Uh, that's dark. I'm sorry. Too soon. <laughs> um, but and then, you know, I spray painted some little snakes on it the other day. And so there's like these outlines of snakes on it, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, so, so that works well, you know, but yeah, you know, reuse as much, much junk as you can before you, it's completely trashed, you know, in this, this sure. goofy sign, I've probably done about 80 spray paint jobs on it. If you know, at least maybe a hundred because, you know, I've, I'm doing pieces, parts and entire figures and stuff like that. And, you know, so yeah, I've done a lot on it. So, um, 
but yeah so uh oh i'm getting a text uh, susan hopefully didn't get rained oh yep storm coming on her way home so <laughs> dragon boat day so <laughs> yeah you can't dragon boat in thunderstorms folks just another important safety tip thanks egon uh we're we're, we're borrowing adam shtick heavily oh you know what's funny is that we were at the uh the local discount store and i i should have taken a picture of it and sent it to you guys because it was um what's the character's name walter peck from ghostbusters the like smarmy guy with the mustache Oh, um, yeah. oh, the guy uh, has no dick? Yeah, yeah the guy I, has no dick. I, well, I almost took a picture. They had an action figure of him, and I almost, uh, also, uh, I almost took a picture of it and sent it to you guys and said, you know, it's it's uh, it's accurate to the character. This action figure has no dick. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, what's it called? Anthro, 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 oh. uh, anatomically, anatomically correct. correct. Yes. Yeah, an- anatomically correct. Correct. It's smooth down there like a Ken doll. Not this Ken yeah. doll. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> He's all smooth down there. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I hate that. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know, it, uh, you know, I gotta ask you too. Uh, do you have a go-to water cup for your for your acrylic brushes? No. I use um, uh, a water cup. I use old uh, Tostito brand, you know, queso jars. I just take. Uh, yeah, I like have a. Uh, I have, I have an old like dried beef jar that I use. So <laughs> yeah, you know, if it holds water and is I consider it disposable, it works. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have no like. Oh, this will be good now. It's- well, Susan doesn't like it when I use um uh, like for a lot of uh, the the work I do on the 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 plastic bodies from the vintage and more modern Mego figures. A lot of times, uh, removing certain uh, like pins that hold limbs together or the heads into the body or whatever, a lot of times to get those removed, you have to like boil water, soak the the part that needs to be removed, and then you know pop it out with your hands or you know use a tool to push out the pin that holds them together or whatever. So she doesn't like it if I just use a random coffee cup because, you know, she's like, no, I'm going to drink plastic particles in my coffee or what. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I have the uh, Kim bought this for me years ago, but it's the actual turn up the night Indie Media Weekly coffee mug. Um, that is the, the mug I use for all of that. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's, it has that picture of me and doctor with the eyes swapped on one side. So it's kind of funny, you know, so it's like, the, you know, turn up the night is always part of everything. So there you go, but uh, yeah, and um, uh, I, I, I do you have happen to have Michelle any of those uh, silicone um, tools that look like paint brushes, but it's a solid piece of silicone rubber that's like a wedge or a little rubber point or anything like that? Do you have or use any of those? No, but I do have an extremely excellent set of clay sculpting tools that oh. are basically, most of them are just repurposed dental tools. Nice. They're, in the, they're really nice, you know, uh, surgical grade stainless steel. And those things work wonders. And they're every shape imaginable. I think there's like 20 different uh styles in it oh that's awesome i do have a sculpting kit but i got it on the cheap i'm sure it's not anything comparable to yours i do have a but a clay sculpting kit that i got uh either this past christmas or the christmas before susan put it on her list and it was like 
or no, no, it's one of those deals. They were like, oh yeah, here's a special today, you know, or they had like you know a Cyber Monday or something, and it was like super cheap, and it's not bad, you know, it's got a, a good variety of stuff in it. But but I did just pick up a very very small one of those silicone tools that looks like a paintbrush uh, to hopefully uh, help out a little bit with doing eyeballs because it looked like to be about the right size to do eyeballs for, for these, you know, the Migos. Um, and it, because even if, if I get a brush with a fine, you know, just a, you know, like a three hair brush or whatever in there, it's just so hard to get coverage evenly with bristles on that, that small of an area. So I'm going to see if this will help, but you know, I mean, I always make it work, but I was like, just anything for a shortcut I'm, I'm down with. So, um, yeah, when it comes to crafting, just do what's easy. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, cut corners where you can, but sometimes getting the right thing will make a big difference. It, 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 everyone's different, you know, everyone's mm -hmm. budget is different, everyone's uh, crafting style is different, so, you know, cater to your own strengths and weaknesses. There you go. Good advice, good advice. Oh, this you, you guys want a gross crafting story? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I mixed up um, in a little jar uh, some water and acrylic paint, and I got the perfect shade of brownie red blood to use to splatter with my toothbrush. Uh, also, that that also happens on the Great Garage Company sign <laughs> outside. Um, and because, you know, I know, Miles, you, you like doing the little splatter with, you know, a brush or, but, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but for something in the scale I'm doing, a toothbrush works perfectly. And I mixed this up and I basically, you know, I had a bunch of leftover and I was like, well, I'm just going to put a plastic bag over the top of it and a rubber band around it and put it in the bottom of my fridge out in the garage. It got molded. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> I pulled it. I pulled it out and was ready to use it the other day. And there's a big old mold culture floating on the top of it. And I'm like, acrylic and water. <laughs> what is it that Jeff Goldblum says in Jurassic Park? Life will find a way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I don't. I just don't get it. I have no idea because that toothbrush, it, you know, it's not like there was anything on that toothbrush too, because it's like one that I've used forever to like use to to clean vintage figures, you know, all the old sandbox grit out of them, and uh, you know, use that a million times with soap and warm water and set it aside to dry, so it wasn't contaminated by that. the The jar I put it in was uh, an auxiliary paint jar. So it wasn't like it was used for, you know, it's not like I was drinking milk out of it before I put that in there or anything. But yeah, I just pulled it out the other day and was going to use it, and it had freaking uh, freaking mold. That just tells you how much there's mold everywhere. You yeah. just open up a jar, you set down the lid, you know, uh, top side down, and small little bits of mold will land inside the lid of that jar, and when you put that lid, that jar, that lid back up on top, it's good to go. Ugh. So, I pitched it out in the yard. Yeah, okay. Oh, I, I just thought of something. I mean, I, I've never done it because we don't work with plastics very much. Have you ever tried using a pen-type soldering iron on your plastic heads to, like, melt and stuff? No, but that could be interesting. I do have a soldering iron that I haven't used for anything. And I think you it has a... Yeah. 
Yeah. Might turn that on some of your disposable heads or something to give it a melty look or sure or, like that. or yeah or maybe scars or something yeah melting like melting wounds into the bodies mm-hmm. and stuff. So yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not opposed to anything to get these things gored up. Well, I was just thinking of that because we've been using a soldering iron a lot lately, not mm-hmm. for crafting but for repairing Loki's. Uh, chewing on our cables <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a craft in and of itself so. oh yeah and then i have to tell miles you have to put the soldering iron away because the soldering iron iron has a cable on it connecting to the power source <laughs> so you don't oh yeah chewing on that. oh uh oh and of course uh, let's see destroy kurt scott because uh, he's he's uh you know a bit of a crafter too miniature mm-hmm. painter i'm sure he says he has a mason jar and he says, the rub of it is either when I dip my brush in my drinking glass or drink from my brush glass. <laughs> <laughs> I have done that before. I've uh, actually put my brushes in my coffee. Uh-huh. Well, so. so. No, I, 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 I had a coffee on my, my, my paintbrush rinse. And I've been so intent on what I'm doing, I put the brush in the coffee. I'm like, and I pull the brush out. I'm like, why does this smell like? like coffee beans sure the coffee might make an interesting wash you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's that that you get so absorbed in what you're doing you don't Mm -hmm. pay attention so it's best to have your drink on one side of the table yeah and your wash on the other yeah (laughs) or your yeah Oh, and I'm going to have to take a picture of it. I'll try and take a picture of it um, on the next break. Oh, I forgot to download the Green News Report. Um, but um, uh, we're going to have to go to the break. But we got a new craft table, and it's an old card table. <laughs> and it has... It's, it, it, but, I mean, it's an old poker table is what I mean, where it's like... Um, it's not an... I don't think it's an octagon, but I think it has like... Like a hexagon? No, I think it has a maybe it has a eight sides on it, and it has these inlays that somebody like either used uh, um, resin or there's like these little spots where you put your cards, and there's like drink holders built into it. But somebody like put in these resin inlays with like playing cards and poker chips and coins and stuff like that in it. And Susan found it on the curb and paid some guy five dollars to help him help her carry it home, and so oh, we nice. got. And and it's it's perfect. It's the perfect size for crafting, and it's hilarious looking because it's got all this. You know, it's a craft table that was a craft. <laughs> you know, uh. so uh, I'll try and take a picture of it uh, before the night is out, and uh, you guys can uh, take a look at it, or I'll I'll get it for next Friday. But anyway, I don't want to keep uh, uh, Kurt and Trent waiting because they're going to be calling at eight oh five, and I know Adam should be here when we come back. So let's go ahead and uh, hit the break. And uh, when we come back, yes, we're going to have a nice little sit down with uh, Kurt and Trent from the Lunatic Parade, a brand new uh, podcast that will be featured here on Indie Media Weekly starting this Friday at 10, 15 p.m. Eastern, right after Turn Up the Night. So hang tight. We'll be right back with lots more Turn Up the Night right after this. Friends, here's some exciting news. Everybody, I know you can believe in yourself. You believe in yourself, you will know how to... Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. Thanks up, everybody, This is Indie Media Weekly Radio. It wasn't uh, different, that was sure for sure. For those who dare. Wow. 
indymediaweekly.com. This is so cool. It's cool. Wow. And now, on with the show. You're all individuals. Yes, we're all individuals. You're all different. Yes, we're all different. I'm not. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. What you're about to see is nothing short of a miracle. So revolutionary that at this point in time, there is nothing else like it anywhere. You may ask yourself, how is this possible? Computers, that's how. He has a machine and a cord right out of his computer. Prepare to make computer to computer contact. That is an idiot idea. Holy mackerel. The internet, that's the one with email, right? You've got mail. Yeah, who said that? Thank you. God bless the internet. That's where the real action is. Come on and take a look. This could be very interesting indeed. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, broadcasting live on IndieMediaWeekly.com worldwide. Radio for Humans, and of course, this is a very special occasion where we're taking a break from politics. We did a little hour there on crafting, I hope. I hope somebody maybe got a little something, everybody got a little something out of it. Um, And of course, uh, this is something that I can talk about until I am blue in the face or blue all over my hands as I was with that... uh, that mold stuff that I got all over myself uh, the past 24 hours. And, uh, of course, I'm sure, sure somebody um, here, uh, that would be Michelle Lagon, Port St. Lucie, Florida, can deal with the uh, lingering effects of uh, uh, having paint and stuff on your hands uh, <laughs> all the time. Oh, good Lord. I've, my, my nails have been dyed purple or yeah. red or depending <laughs> sometimes the dyes I've been using. I've had paint in places that I didn't even know that I did with a brush. Yeah, it, it, it happens. <laughs> Behind my ear. Uh, yeah. and, and of course... My, yeah, to yeah, that too. Yeah, well, flip-flops, that'll do it. Uh, Miles Lagon, Port St. Flucy... <laughs> Port St. Lucie. Flucy. Port St. Flucy, Florida. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you for joining us. Yes, hello. Yeah. And uh, sorry to speed things along, but we also have Adam Hebert, Mike Check Radio, dodging the raindrops. He made it here on time, folks. Get excited. Very excited. Thanks for joining way, us, buddy. Go ahead. Oh, thanks for having me, but... Uh, I think it's time we we negotiated my contract. Okay, I want ninety five percent of our profits, and you do all the work. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. A little little dig at Sony there for their bullshit move with Spider Man and uh, Disney. Oh my God, I'm so mad about I am, this. I am well, so glad you picked up on that. I was afraid you might take me seriously. No, no, no. Yeah, good, good for you. Oh my God. And last but not least, I'm not sure if one or both are on the line, but I do have a little bit of fanfare. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Cousin Curtis from the Lunatic <laughs> the Lunatic Parade <laughs> Podcast. Hey, uh, Kurt. Fanfare for me. How awesome. Hi, yeah. everybody. It's Kurt yeah. here. Kurt, all right. Is Trent on the line, too, or is he going to call in separately, or are you just going to hang hang with us? No, he should be here. Trent, are you with us? 
<laughs> Maybe he'll he'll be along. I'm sure he's okay. calling in. Should be as we speak. But, yeah, uh, well, yeah. It's good to be here. A, a long time listener. I called in once, but to get my show on this network, this is even cooler. I can't wait to tell you people about it. Yeah, long time listener, full time cousin. Uh, so because uh, you are, <laughs> you are Susan's cousin. Just to give everybody a little bit of, uh, and by marriage, my cousin. Um, it, it, but you both share a great grandparent. Yeah, yeah, we we do indeed. Okay, uh, my grandparent. Yeah, it, it, it's it's. It's a distant kind of situation yeah. that you would have to work out on a, you know, a very large chalkboard, but, you know, it's fair. Sure. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll bring Stephen Hawking back from the grave to uh, uh, get us to uh, figure that out. Trent. Trent is with us now, too. Hi, Trent. Welcome. Yeah, hey. Hey, what's going on? Sorry about that. I was having technical difficulties with my phone. Not a problem. Glad to have you here with us. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, Trent and Curtis, you're on with Miles, Michelle, Adam, and yours truly, Kenny Pick. Hello. Hey, everyone. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Just, yeah, just talk, <laughs> talk at once. I don't dungeon Masters in the call right now. Yeah. They're... <laughs> oh, I'll well, tell you. you are... It's like the Legion of Doom. Yeah, you, every you last on the, one of us have been a game with ma- the greatest living DM. Yeah, yeah, Michelle is <laughs> Michelle's the latest, uh, greatest living DM, um, uh, and all of us, oh, all of know. us, all of us have been game masters at one point or another. It's been many, many moons for me, but I right. I ran a lengthy, lengthy Gamma World campaign in the '80s with my good buddy Scott. Um, it was, uh, nice. yeah, so he, he had a very Mad Max character, and we, we, wow, we had, what the, he had an alien wife, it was crazy, so, uh, <laughs> it was fun. Wow, but, man, and, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome, but, but, but his character basically was Mad Max, you know, there was no, you know, it was like the continuing adventures, it was, it was beyond, beyond Thunderdome. You know, so wow, <laughs> I thought we agreed to get beyond that. Yeah, yeah, we we uh, we our good uh, Australian friend. Uh, um, oh, well, what's his name, Adam? Thomas Davis. Thomas Davis. Yeah, Thomas Thomas Davis uh, gave us this great clip from uh, from years and years ago. Uh, this one. Can't we get beyond Thunderdome? Yeah, and he's actually Australian too. So uh, there you go. Anyway, well, but now he lives in Springfield, Illinois. I got to hang out with him at the uh, Museum of Science and Industry true. in Chicago. That's true. So, so he did get beyond Thunderdome. Oh, cool. We get beyond Thunderdome. There we go. Uh, anyway, well, okay. Well, well let's let's uh, let's uh, cut cut the the funny business here, because uh, <laughs> well, there, well, there's other funny <laughs> business to talk about. And I've listened to not all of your guys' podcasts, but a a, a, a significant portion. And I'll tell you what, you guys have a really fun, spirited conversation on the uh, the lunatic parade. And I know oh, you thanks, guys, man. you guys had a little bit of trouble with SoundCloud. Some asshole tried to claim copyright against you or something, and so you're yeah. uh, tr- Trent. Trent now has the task of re-uploading all the podcasts to SoundCloud. Uh, in a slightly modified version, but uh, they will all be there, rest assured, folks. 
Yeah, exactly. That's that's my goal for the rest of this evening is get those all updated. Yeah, apparently, you know, Kurt and I figured out that we were apparently signed to Atlantic Records and didn't know it. So <laughs> because we got charged with a, with copyright infringement on our own stuff, so that's interesting. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, you never know what people are going to get dinged for. Um, you know, uh, it's it's just ridiculous. Was it the circus music? Actually, no. Like, they claimed that we were uh, copywriting this track by some, like, mumble rapper from freaking Philadelphia. I mean, it's, it's if you listen to the track, it sounds absolutely nothing like anything on our podcast. I'm well, I'll tell you here. what. I'm, I I know you and Curtis, and I know if there's one thing I know about both you guys is you love mumble rap. Oh, definitely, man. <laughs> you know, I'm OG ride till I die, man. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we try to approach that from the safest uh, point possible by saying, look, they can't ding us on this music if, like, Trent was in a band, I'm in a band. If we just use music that we created, they got nothing on it. And yeah. And sure enough, like, wow, they happened anyway, whatever. Yeah, oh it's really God. weird because, like, I mean, if you, you listen to the track, there's absolutely nothing like it. So it's, it's obvious that a human never listened to it. It's some yeah. algorithm out there that said that they sounded the same and they just flagged us. So uh, whatever, it's all right. I've already created new intros and it's going to sound awesome. So. Well, I, uh, let's go ahead and, um, uh, again, I'm very excited about, uh, you know, the, the debut of your guys' podcast. Uh, again, 10, 15 p.m. Eastern on Fridays and 7 p.m. on Saturdays in the old Mike Check radio slot. And, of course, I encourage anybody that you want to to go to any of the Indie Media Weekly pages and use the, the chat rooms there that because they're all connected. All the chat rooms are connected, so if people want to chat while your show is on, uh, just you know, <clears throat> tell them to go to kennypick.com and until we get you guys a, sh a page set up, and we'll uh, we'll add them. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll be on it on Friday. No, I'm saying. No, no, no. I'm saying. Can you build them a page on Indie Media Weekly? <laughs> so. Yeah, that's what there I'm saying. I, I will make it happen. All right. Very good. That'll be the best. Thank you. So and yeah, then you absolutely. and you guys, Don't you say guys, that because I I extract a terrible price for my services. What? Oh, <laughs> oh, no, we're perfectly shameless and usually broke. So yeah, squeeze us, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're used to it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we're so, used to it. Whatever it is you want, we can afford. I've got, I've, I've got great negotiation skills. Just ask Kenny about about what happened at the top of the show at the top of the hour. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So and they didn't put you in a compromising position. No, no, God, no. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what happened? So I don't I've think got, so. I've got mad. I've got mad skills. Yeah. So. <laughs> so anyway, uh, 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 so let's let's get to the actual show itself because the first first episode. And I don't want to spoil too much, you know, getting into too much nitty gritty. And obviously, we don't have time to. But you, you guys, essentially, kind of establish your your history together as gamers, and and your your other co-hosts kind of go through like different, mm -hmm. uh, you know, techniques as game masters, like you know, having something completely fleshed out and predetermined, or something that's a little more like improv. Um, I forget who the guy was that was talking about that. Who was like, yeah, I just, you know, or or talking about somebody else who who was just like, yeah, they just had this kind of loose structure and, you know, they went on their merry way kind of thing. 
Um, so it's kind of cool to hear, well, like... This whole podcast is gathered together because of our first Dungeon Master. Uh, like, we all started playing in the same group, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been talking about it for years, getting the old gang back together again. And we actually freaking did it. And, you know, this grew out of that. And so what you hear when you tune into our podcast is a group of people that uh, have been gathering together for decades, you know, since the 80s, of, of mm-hmm. some of them. And, uh, you know, we, we all just love and respect each other, and, and we get to groove on that and then a whole bunch of other GD uh, subjects. Yeah, so it was, oh, you started with Old Home Week and then uh, kind of <laughs> grew out from there. And it's a fascinating conversation because it really is kind of like, eavesdropping on a personal conversation about you know just friends you know it kind of you know it's it's, it made me think of like it's like kind of listening to the stand by me kids you know 40 years later or whatever you know so right exactly so it it is it's it's very much you know what what we wanted to do was give that idea of of a fly on the wall eavesdropping on a conversation between you know a group of of angry young men that turned 40 yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And like, <laughs> what happens after that point? You know what I mean? Like, so that, that was kind of the goal we were going through. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to you know say I mean? disenfranchised. Is that us? Are we really disenfranchised? Yeah. Well, I guess we are. Sure. Why not? I just think we're pissed off. You know. <laughs> yeah. So better to be pissed off uh, than pissed on. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you know that that was kind of the goal. That was kind of the goal out the gate was just to kind of of. You know, we have always had a natural ability to have very organic conversation. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny, like every time we you know, we still get together and game every Friday night. And yeah. whenever we get together, we're always like, we're going to get together at four thirty and we're going to start playing. And we usually don't start gaming until six because yeah. there's at least an hour and a half of just sitting around the table BSing about crap. And I'm like, you know what? We should put this on. We should put this on tape and put it up as a podcast. I think people will like it. And if they don't, yeah, whatever. At least we get to do something. You know. <laughs> You know what? I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna throw an idea out there, and and you guys, um, I, 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 you guys can take this. And if you take it, though, I want to be part of it. Um, is that I, one of you guys have to write one of the most ruthless, bloodthirsty campaigns to kill characters, and record that for a podcast, and see who lives the longest. <laughs> Great idea! Wow, that's a fantastic idea. Well, it would actually end up sounding a lot like, uh, did you ever hear, uh, Kenny, you're an old metal guy, S.O.D.'s Ballad of Jimi Hendrix? Oh. <laughs> yeah. But it's just the opening riff of Purple Haze, where he's like, wow, rain, he goes, you're dead. Like, that's, yeah. that's how quick this has happened, and we've had those nights where we go in and uh, our dungeon master goes, yeah, well, you're all in a bar fight, you're dead. <laughs> well, yeah. I, you know, well, there well, you go. Okay. Yeah, I mean, last week, last week we got together and T- Tim, Tim's our current DM and walks in the room and he says, all right, I'm going to kill all of you tonight. We all kind of giggled and then he killed all of us, <laughs> you know, then he, he Ma- brought us Ma- to life, but he did kill us all. Yeah. So. Ma- <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> Michelle, what were you going to say, Michelle? Remember is from uh, one of the stories Miles told me about a, a person that armed a bunch of kobolds with wands of magic missiles. Oh, That's wow. terrifying. Even that can take that, take down the, the, the largest party member sometimes. <laughs> That's like giving a bunch of Michelle, cats. Do you do character voices? How's your kobold? <laughs> I don't have a kobold, but he has a wonderful imp. <laughs> oh. 
I, yes. No. I haven't. No. No. What? <laughs> what have we opened? What have we opened up here? Anyway, yeah, yeah. Given it's, Kobold's it's, magic it's, missiles it's terrifying is terrifying, and I don't want to hear it. Given, given, given Kobold's magic missiles is like giving a bunch of house cats like actual like death rays. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's like Kobold's okay. Attacking swarm, like that's just terrifying. You know? <laughs> that's funny as hell, though. So anyway, but I do want to come down. I do want to come down when you guys record sometime, and I, I would love if you want to do. Uh, a short, you know, a short campaign or something. I'd, I'd love to get in on it. So, a one shot, yeah. Kenny Pick. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. So oh, definitely, man, definitely. You know, and we plans where we're gonna. It, I we had enough plans to start streaming and stuff here pretty soon. Like we're oh, there you go. Twitch and and a, and a couple other channels and things like that here in the next couple of months. So and I and know, I totally will down with a one shot. I will bring you a list as well. My as my a, a heavy metal promise. Of uh, fifty songs. Uh, now we'll, we'll we'll keep it shorter than that. Maybe like twenty five must play metal songs for for uh, uh, background music for D and D. Oh, absolutely! Oh, the, the Kenny Pick freaking D and D playlist, man. I'm all about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we won't play the music yeah, SoundCloud. Don't worry. I'll just mention titles. I won't even hum the bridges. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. Well, I can't guarantee that, uh, but yeah. So, well, uh, let's let's. Uh, uh, so the av- Well, the, the what's the average length of the show? Is it is it an hour and a half? An hour. Um, it runs. It varies because, like, we wanted to be. You know, we wanted to kind of have the idea that we weren't going to curtail ourselves. You know, uh, and stop ourselves from continuing to have a great conversation because of time. Yeah. So some of them. So they average between an hour and a half to two hours. Um, there was an episode we did, episode six, that ran almost three hours. Um, nice. That one we that was one of my one of my favorite episodes. We kind of we addressed, um, you know, signed up, we addressed a, a bunch of gaming stuff, and then also started talking about like the, the mass shootings <laughs> that had happened and and all that. I'm so, not laughing know, like, at mass shooting. I'm just saying there's a weird thing at work here where you're a, a political podcast and we're a geek centric podcast, and tonight you're not talking about politics. And you yes. invited us on, and the one trip up we really did have was that episode where we all of a sudden were like, "How are we going to talk about this subject?" The way they're blaming video games for these mass shootings, yeah. without treading into politics, because not everybody in my group is really—it's not like we have slight differences. Like politically wise, we we all we probably represent every end of the spectrum, you know. Yeah. Well. I, you know, I got to say, I'm, I'm excited, though, because you guys aren't, you know, it's like, you know, you started with, you know, role playing and again, old home week and stuff like that. And, you know, obviously, you're not never going to have a lack of topics to, to discuss because you've already in a very short <laughs> period of time finished seven episodes, right? Right. Yeah. Seven and uh, recording number eight is Thursday. So. So there you go. So I mean, we're we're two months into the game, and you haven't even debuted on on the network yet. So that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it tell tell folks what they can expect without getting into too much detail. Some of the some of the other topics you you talk about. So you know, um, maybe they'll. Oh jeez. Yeah. Hey Kurt, Kurt, I'll let you take this one. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, yeah, we, we go roundtable on that. And at first, yeah, we had so much to talk about 
But now we're like, all right, let's do it this way. Everybody gets to introduce two topics, and we'll try to keep bouncing it back and forth. That way everybody's really represented. Because we, when we get on a subject, like, let's just say uh, edition wars of Dungeons & Dragons, that alone could take up the entire, you know, four or five hours if we wanted to go on at length. So you're going to hear us talk about everything from video games to geeky movies and anime mm -hmm. and uh, books out the wazoo, including, uh, you know, the Geekosphere's influence on the public at large and where this is headed, you know? Yeah. Did no, someone oh. say anime? Did I leave anything out? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Curtis, uh, Not that I can think of. Adam, Adam said, did somebody say anime? Uh, yeah, we we do broach that subject on occasion, definitely. There definitely. you go. We're all old school anime geeks, you know. So uh, you know, it comes up, and and it, it's it's kind of hard to quantify exactly what we talk mm -hmm. about because it, we kind of just let the conversation go where it goes. Um, Kurt does a pretty good job of of, of herding cats in that respect by kind of keeping us all on the same topic. And, and I you feel know, your pain. Just from just. You know, we we do we spawn for everything. Like I say, we talk about, like you said, we talk about books. We, every once in a while, we hit politics. We hit porn about every episode. Um, so it's just <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not intentional. It just kind of like did. Well, okay, that happened. All right. <laughs> well, let me uh, uh, here. I'll, I'll try it. You know, I, I'll try and set that up a little bit better. Oh, there you go. There we uh, go. <laughs> this is gaming music. Where are we headed? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but no, I'm really excited about this. This is uh, this is really cool. And you know what? I'll tell you what. Another thing we could do sometime on on your show. This seems like it might be the perfect group to 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 get a Kiss top twenty song list out of. I would be, believe it or not, Kenny. I'm like the only person in that group. Oh, that, shit. that has that band. When you're talking about music, like yeah. completely different. I think each person in my group has their own stratum of like, and you you wouldn't be able to guess um, it by looking at any one of them. I'm uh, fairly certain Bob you all like I'm Eddie Cavern's champion, and his yeah. favorite music is uh, Gloria Estefan. Like, it's, well, it's hard to pin that I'm fairly certain <laughs> you're yeah, all in. Um, do that countdown. I'm fa fairly certain yeah. though that you guys are all into mumble rap. Oh yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. So we'll do our late, when the night is late. Top, I put on my gold chain and bandana. Sure, we'll I'm put on our we'll, we'll do our know. top one hundred mumble rap list uh, songs. Uh, so anyway, well, we're we're getting uh, towards the end of our our interview here, but uh, it also, uh, Curtis, you're going to be on uh, to talk about role playing on Mike Check Radio this coming Sunday as well. And yeah, we can, I'm super we, looking forward to it, man. I, I tune into that program whenever I can, so I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to jumping oh, in there not, with Adam. Well, now and, you're and, gonna make me blush, yeah. And we'll talk, we'll you know, playing. And and you guys <laughs> uh, are more than welcome anytime, of course. And we have the call in number here, so you know, feel free to call us uh, when we do our open phones. Uh, sometimes, you know, mostly right we do it at 8:45 Eastern time, uh, but sometimes we have shows where we do a free for all and do open phones all night. But um, but no, I'm really excited to have you guys on board with this. Uh, I think it's a perfect fit for us because uh, I, I really, really want to have 
more variety on the show and more escapism. Or not on the show, but on the network. Uh, I want to have more escapism, st- you know, type of stuff. And and I, you guys Absolutely. are, uh, you know, you might have some politics in there, but I think, um, you know, the the uh, overall premise of you guys' show is, uh, you know, is something that is much needed in these times. Well, that's high praise. We'll bust our ass to make good on that, you know. I can't believe you guys yeah, man, did knocked sure. out seven episodes. That's crazy. That's great. That's so exciting. So um, yeah, it's it's fun, man. I mean, when it's when it's really just uh, getting together with your friends and and kind of uh, BSing for a couple of hours, you know, it's it, it turns out not to be that, that that difficult to make happen. So yeah, you know, we're excited to be working with you too, man. Like I'm very excited to be on the on the on the network and. You know, I definitely want to do some more stuff with you in the future for sure. We yeah, have to down here for a couple of casts and and have a great oh, time. Oh God, you know? yeah. I w- I would absolutely like, love that. Just like Adam? before before Kenny cuts you guys loose, I'm genuinely curious. When you say old school anime, give me something. Give, give me okay, an example. Like, I'm a big fan of like the anime that came out in the late '80s, early '90s, like Akira, Ninja Scroll, Bubblegum Crisis, Fist of the North Star, um, Appleseed, the original Lead of Battle Angel, the original Ghost in the Shell, uh, stuff like that's what I get into. I'm not a big fan of the newer animation. Um, I think it's gotten too kitty, for lack of a better term. Um, I'm not a big fan of like the uh, Naruto or whatever that's called, and Naruto. Like <laughs> Naruto or whatever it is. Yeah, Naruto, I can't even yeah. pronounce it. That's I, I love. Yeah. I love running like I, that. I heard though. Adam call the fans of that cartoon Naruto's last <laughs> year. I realize it's kind of wrong to say, but it's funny to say out loud. It kind of is. <laughs> that's, not, that's not. That's the. But no, I will say one of my all-time favorite anime series is uh, Sam, uh, Yoride and Samurai Troopers, which was released in the United States, of course, as uh, Ronin Warriors. I love that oh. series. Okay, yeah, I've heard right of on. that. I don't know how much of it I've seen, but I've definitely heard of it. Yeah, I'm an old-school anime person, too. Orange Road, uh, Ramna One Half, um, oh, nice. D, all that wonderful stuff. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yep. I, I love Vampire Hunter D, man. That's a great, great movie. I, I love. See, I like that older stuff where it was kind of it was really super weird and like just creepy and violent and bizarre, like you know Japanese stuff. Yeah, you like, know? When, <laughs> yeah when, you, when you had to get it, and it was dubbed by college students because they weren't yeah. over here. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, hey, before but, you guys go, let's premiere the uh, the first draft of the the show promo real quick uh, while you guys are on the line. Uh, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so we just need we just need that that Eastern time uh, put in there, and then we'll we'll have it. So uh, you can even you can we'll even do. just like slap. You don't even have to, even have to re-record the whole thing. Just slap that in. Um, but yeah, let's. You have a sweet singer, man. If at any given point you have an idea for a promo, we would be so flattered to have your work behind the. Uh, oh you know, hell yeah, yeah! I'll I'll I'll, together. I'll do something for you. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk. I'm actually, um, I'll I'll text. I'll, I'll message you guys on Facebook uh, because I'm off for the next couple of days. I'm taking some staycation, so uh, maybe we'll have All a right. little little off air powwow and uh, and discuss some ideas. Um, but yeah, so here it is. Your guys' first crack at an indie media weekly promo. Woo-hoo. Hello, listener. I have a very special offer for you today. Are you interested in listening to a group of middle-aged white people talk about geeky subjects once a week? 
Very refreshing and new, I know. Me and my friends at First Table Gaming enjoy having roundtable discussions on important and intelligent dumb shit. For example, <laughs> why doesn't Magneto just use the Earth's molten core to put us all out of our collective misery? Can he even control lava? What is even in lava? How can anyone actually know what the core is made of? Does Wonder Woman have a favorite color? Find out more about this useless information by listening to Lunatic Parade Podcast. We stream every week. Catch us on Fridays at 10.15 or Saturdays at 7 here on Indie Media Weekly. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. I'm going to have to give that a customary uh, amen. Kurt, you're golden, man. I swear to God, man. <laughs> well, I'm telling you. To my 18-year-old son, Leo, who I can never tell when he helps me out with this stuff, if he's making fun of his nerdy old man, or <laughs> he just comes up with this stuff because it's funny, you know? Hard nice, nice. <laughs> oh, we got to get some uh, trans-velvety tones on a promo for Indie Media Weekly, too. So, uh, yeah. I'll be more than happy to. Yeah, and... oh, deep register. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, man. I, it's it's crazy. My entire life, every job I've ever worked at, the very first question anybody asked me in my first week is, "Did you work in radio?" I'm like, "No." Okay, <laughs> just do radio, do I this. Wouldn't be, I wouldn't be carrying your tickets at the booth here oh. at the movie theater. You know, happy. <laughs> oh, it's ha- National Radio Day too. So happy National Radio Day. Also, just do this for me, Trent. Just say, "In a world." <laughs> in a world. See, there we go. There we go. In a world where the apocalypse is landed and all is over. (laughs) Someday, someday, someday. Someday, someday, someday. Every time people hear my voice, they ask to speak to my mother. Oh, that's unfair. Why? Well, uh, Trent and Kurt, uh, an absolute pleasure. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad that this, this is working out. This all started at Leo's graduation party for the most part. So, you know, because I was like, give it to me. Give me some stuff. I'll put it on the network. And here we are. We're putting it on the network. So, you know, you're awesome. rolling with the kind of moderately okay, mediocre people now on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mediocre. Yay! That is fantastic. I want that. I want that on a T-shirt, man. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know how we roll, mediocre style. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been an absolute treat having you guys on. We'll we'll get you back on for you know for just whatever you know. I might maybe I need an extra co-host some night. We'll see. Um, hey, man. man. But yeah, great talking to you guys. Uh, here's to uh, an awesome, uh, you know, uh, partnership where you don't get paid and you give me stuff for free. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but no, <laughs> but it's all about exposure, Absolutely. kid. It's about exposure. So <laughs> anyway, no, no, it's it's about having fun together. That's what it is, and uh, and hopefully you know sharing audiences right and whatnot. But all right, you guys have a great yeah, night. Times that we made it through an entire half hour where neither one of us said penis. I oh. know, right? Or or oh. four. You know what I mean? Like we, we you and I have mouths like sailors. Like it's insane. Well, he, he, well he's. I, I said that word because it's kind of like saying the secret word on "Turn Up the Night." Yeah, it is. When you oh, say really? when you say penis yeah. on the show, I have to play this clip. Don't say penis in this house. Usually followed by. <laughs> it, it's true. 
It's true. Yeah. It's in this contract. It is. It's a. Uh, it's it's written in. No, no, Adam. It's written in the stars. It's written in the stars. Uh, so anyway, all right, guys. Uh, you have a great night. We got to run and get to the green news report. Uh, but we will. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. And best of luck again. Kurt and Trent from the Lunatic Parade premiering this Friday right after Turn Up Tonight at 10.15 p.m. Eastern, and it'll be there forever, I guess, and on Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern as well. So, all right, have a great night, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks. you too, man. Thanks all again. Right. Thanks, for, thanks for having us, man. Talk you to you guys got it. Maybe. All right. Bye-bye. So, uh, all right, trying the, uh, okay, they hung up. So there we go. All right, we ran a little over, but I kind of figured that was going to happen. That was very fun. Those guys can talk, man. You seriously got to listen to the first episode of their podcast because it's it's hysterical. They're just like, you know, uh, again, it's it's like they're the, 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 the gang from Stand By Me, you know, 35 years later or whatever. It's really awesome. So... Uh, or the or the Stranger Things kids now, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but anyway, all right. Uh, uh, let's go ahead and run to the break. And when we come back, uh, who would who would like to do name calling tonight? Uh, Not it. Adam Hebert. <laughs> Adam Hebert does name calling. I would do it Friday. I was going to say I'd do it Friday, but I guess I got to do it. Tonight. I'll do. Well, I'll, I'll do it. I'll I'll do it Friday. I'll do it Friday. It'll be fine. So, uh, unless you guys want me to do it tonight, I don't care. It doesn't matter. So, hold on. Let me call Trent back and have him do it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so, <laughs> anyway, yeah, we'll be right back. Uh, more turn up the night coming at you right after. Mm, let's say this. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. Boy, that's that's getting to be a pain in the ass, isn't it? What what kind of radio station is this? KennyPick.com. It's Tuesday, August 20, 2019. Some folks are demanding that the mayor of Newark, New Jersey, resign. This after high levels of lead have been found in the water there. Another major city suffers a lead contamination crisis. U.S. fracking boom causing a spike in global methane emissions. Long-term exposure to air pollution is like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, says New Report. Plus... The reason we've been blocked is because one party that is wedded uh, to moronic refusal to accept science. 2020 Democratic candidate warns Senate filibuster must end to solve the climate crisis. All of those crises and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Look at the left. Look what they're trying to do. They're trying to make mm-hmm. it seem, well, it's for the children why we need some sort of uh, green new deal. Yeah, the hell with those children who want to survive on a livable planet whiners am i right fox news this is your green news report okay desi doyan this is very disturbing news in newark new jersey it's like flint all over again yes unfortunately it is state officials in new jersey have requested federal assistance to deal with a growing lead contamination crisis in the water supply of the city of newark state and city officials have stepped up delivery of bottled water to residents amid new testing indicating that the extent of lead contamination in newark's municipal water supply is geographically much broader 
broader than previously understood, Mm. even in homes that are using special filters. Officials have asked the EPA to boost their limited emergency water supplies and financial resources to address the crisis. Like in Flint, Michigan, the lead contamination is caused by aging lead service lines leaching the toxic lead into drinking water. Now, in Flint, the officials there actually took an action that caused the type of water that led to the leaching of the lead. Is there a specific action in Newark that caused this, or has this been going on for some time? They don't know why it has spiked recently, but they do say they must replace their lead service lines. Yeah. The Washington Post has published a deep data analysis of temperature records indicating that several regions in the United States have already warmed by nearly 2 degrees Celsius. That's the limit in global temperature rise that nations adopted in the United Nations Paris Climate Accord. The report found that the Northeast is a hot spot. For example, New Jersey and Rhode Island happen to be among the U.S.'s fastest warming states outside of Alaska, and they've already reached the 2 degrees Celsius threshold right now when compared with their temperature data from the late 1800s. Not good news for New Jersey today. Nope. The fracking boom in the United States has caused levels of climate warming methane emissions to spike in the Earth's atmosphere. Methane is a more potent greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide on shorter timescales, so identifying the source of the spike is really important. Scientists say new data indicates that the huge increase in methane entering the atmosphere over the last 10 years comes primarily from the shale gas fracking boom in the United States and Canada. The Trump administration rolled back Obama. Obama-era regulations that required the oil and gas industry to reduce methane leaks from operations. The Trump administration claimed that voluntary industry efforts would suffice. So how's that working out for you? Not surprisingly, the new data shows that is not the case. The Trump rollback also costs taxpayers revenue. Drillers don't have to pay millions in royalties every year when they waste natural gas extracted from public lands. So we lose revenue, but the fossil fuel companies make more profits. Exactly. Then I think this is all working out just as planned. In addition to the climate damage caused by fossil fuel carbon emissions, there's also the costly public health impact. A new study shows that long-term exposure to fossil fuel air pollution in the United States can have the same effect as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. The biggest culprit the study found was ground-level ozone, which is generated when vehicle tailpipe exhaust from internal combustion engines chemically reacts with sunlight, a process that gets turbocharged during heat waves. The researchers warn that ground-level ozone levels will continue to increase unless we transition away from fossil fuels. You know, if you just stopped reading all of these reports, we wouldn't have all of these problems, Des. They don't go away if you ignore them. Mm, Tell that to the Republicans. Finally, Washington State Governor and 2020 Democratic presidential candidate Jay Inslee on MSNBC said that if he is elected, he will ban fracking. He also excoriated congressional Republicans' denial of climate science and their obstruction of all legislative efforts to rein in fossil fuel emissions. Inslee is also one of the few 2020 Democratic presidential candidates to call for ending the Senate legislative filibuster if Democrats regain the Senate majority in 2020, if they wish to have a chance at passing any kind of climate legislation. As soon as we get a president and a Senate and get rid of the filibuster so we can adopt climate change legislation, we'll do what this nation is capable of doing. 
which is innovating our way to defeat climate change. Be careful what you wish for, Governor Inslee. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us, follow us, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Careful what you wish for, cause you just might get it. And if you get it, then you just might not know what to do with it, cause it might just come back on you tenfold. This is Indie Media Weekly. Extraterrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. This is Kenny Pick on Turn Up the Night. I've loved you from the first time I heard your voice. You use your tongue prettier than a twenty-dollar whore. You're like a word genius, and everything I say, <laughs> you twist it around and make me look dumb. I like the way he talks. Mm-hmm. Do you really think that people don't know the things that I say? At IndieMediaWeekly.com He even talks honky Please, please, please listen I've got one or two things to say Look, you've got it all wrong You don't need to follow me You don't need to follow anybody You've got to think for yourselves You're all individuals Yes, we're all individuals. You're all different. Yes, we're all different. I'm not. You all got to work it out for yourself. Yes, we've got to work it out for ourselves. Exactly. No, that's the point. Don't let anyone tell you what to do. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I just rewatched The Life of Brian in honor of its uh, 40th anniversary release in the United States. And uh, in our last hour, we'll be dedicated to The Life of Brian. Sorry, no Mad Libs, but I think everybody's going to have a great time regardless because... Mad cons. Yes, no Mad cons. Thank you, Adam. Uh, And all right, so welcome back uh, to the Mike Check Radio Gang. And thank you once again to Curtis and Trent for being on the show Again, uh, the Lunatic Parade debuts this Friday, 10 p.m. Or I'm sorry, 10:15 p.m. Right at Eastern, right after uh, Turn Up the Night, and then uh, uh, it will uh, uh, also broadcast 7 p.m. Eastern every Saturday. So yeah, so 10:15 uh, on Fridays and 7 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays is the new home uh, home for uh, the Lunatic. Uh, I keep wanting to say Lunatic Fringe. It's Lunatic Parade. So, Lunatic Fringe. Um, so, anyway, uh, hat tip, Red Rider. Uh, anyway, welcome back to the show. The dynamic duo, the Dream Team out of Port St. Lucie, Florida. Uh, the one and only Miles Lagan, the uh, Galaxy Master, uh, wielder of laser swords. Laser swords. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Luke said that in the last movie too, by the way. He did, yeah, he and did. I was. Uh, you get Michelle can tell you I was bouncing in my seat when he did it too. Yeah, it was great <laughs> because it happened right. You know, I was I saw that after I made my promo for mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 hysterical. I love it. 
And, uh, and of course, uh, Michelle Lagan, uh, Port St. Lucie, Florida, the Rogue DM, welcome back to you as well. And thank you both for your help tonight. Thank you. Glad to be here to help out. All right. And, all right, let's do this uh, lightning round, possibly, uh, Mr. Hebert. Let's do some name-calling, and then we'll try and take at least one phone call before we get into our Monty Python Life of Brian celebration. Are you down? I'm down. All right. You know what we do. All right. Let's get straight to the biscuits. There you go. All right. We have, I don't know who this guy is, Adam Hebert. Destroyer Herbert, Kirk. Herbert, Francie. A- Adam Herbert. Sorry. Yeah, who is that schmuck? Yeah, cousin Curtis uh, Francie. Heather. Jay Collie. Cat in Columbus, Ohio. Kenny Peak. Uh, Ken Senior. Hi, Dad. Living on Long Island times two, apparently. Those. My mom. My mom always said I should be limited to one or less of myself. No. Uh, Michelle in South Florida, whoever she is. Moon Mayor, President, Theo, Tim Cory, Coriander, Cormall, and finally <laughs> the rabbit, the rabbit of Troy, Trojan Rabbit. There we go. There we go. I, and I've, I've been trying to play uh, Monty Python uh, clips uh, for. Uh, here, let's let's do this. Uh, I think we we, uh, we can do this for him. Bravely boats a robin brought forth from Camelot. He was not afraid to die. Oh, brave Sir Robin! He was not at all afraid to be killed in nasty ways. Brave, 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 brave Sir Robin! He was not in the least bit scared to be mashed into a pulp. Or to have his eyes gouged out and oh, his elbows broken. To have his kneecap split <laughs> and his body burned away. And his limbs all hacked and mangled, brace a robin. His head smashed in and his heart cut out and his liver removed and his bowels unplugged and his nostrils ripped yeah. and his bottom burnt off and his penis. That's, that's, uh, that's enough music for now, lads. <laughs> and also... Don't save penis in this house! Yeah. <laughs> all right uh thank you very much adam i'm not sure if there's any birthdays uh out there or not uh scooter can's birthday today's scooter can's birthday so um i don't know if there's anybody else but i'll tell you what if there is let me know play another birthday boner uh for them uh, or banner if it's a family member I'm trying to keep it clean here folks uh but yeah president um uh, I'm sorry, Scooter Cans. Uh, thank you, Livin, for pointing that out. Scooter Cans, happy birthday. This is your birthday song. It doesn't last too long. Hey! Hey! Your birthday song. It doesn't last too long. Hey! Hey! Thank you. Thank you, all dear friends. Welcome to my birthday! And stop yawning on my show, Hebert. It's not allowed. I heard that. How, how do you know it was me? It sounded just like you yawning. That's how I knew it was you. Maybe maybe Miles has finally perfected his imitation of me yawning. You don't know it was me. Mm, That's gonna... a good idea, Adam. Just push your buttons. I should, I should do that. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. All right, Bullshit. Fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, well, we sorry. We both know that I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do is go back to some old episodes, pull out a clip of you doing it, and I'll play a clip of you, Yana. There you <laughs> go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that does uh, sound like something you do. And, you know, I, I, you know, Adam, I mean, just, just calm down. You don't have to say mean things about Miles. Have I mentioned just how much I hate this motherfucker? Oh, come on, Adam. What are you? <laughs> See, there, there, I just pulled out an old clip of Adam. Tell us how you really feel. That, I'm, I'm, te- I'm messing with Adam. That's an old clip. Everybody should know that I've played that in the past. That's an old clip of him talking about, I don't know, Ben Shapiro or somebody. So Some some uh, right-wing idiot. Um, oh, I think it... Well, let me see. I Actually, I think... Uh, oh, Tucker Carlson. 9-16-2017. That was uh, for the uh, Adam Hebert edition of What the Hell is That Sound? Where I asked... Oh, for our anniversary. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but yeah, for whatever it was, but yeah, so I picked out sounds and I asked, you know, and I made the list of, uh, you know, who was Adam talking about? Uh, so, anyway, good times. We, we're inventive here. Um, so, all right, the uh, somebody else can be inventive and pick up their phone and call 330-536-1466. Again, the number to call is 330 330- Five three six one four six six. I'll put that in the chat room in case anybody doesn't have it on speed dial. Um, yeah, uh, please. Come on, you, uh, get pl- you get the privilege of talking to me. Yeah. If you, you know, we, we talked a lot about hobbies and games and stuff like that uh, in the first hour and a half. Uh, so please, if if you guys want to call and chime in, but talk about anything you heard us talk discussing, or if you have a product you want to recommend for crafting anything, any, it doesn't have to be like in our wheelhouse, because um, you know our wheelhouses are even different here. Well, you know, but sometimes they overlap. Sometimes the wheels have the same kind of lubricant <laughs> or, or ball bearings. <laughs> so lubes and balls. I'm sorry. Um, Don't talk about your ball bearings in public, Kenny. I know I shouldn't. Uh, it's uh, you know, but uh, but yeah, if somebody wants to call and talk about anything, I don't care. Uh, there we go. Oh, Cat is calling in. So long time no speak. My sister from another mister, Cat, Columbus, Ohio. Hey, what's up? Oh, I I know that you're trying to stay away from politics this this evening, but can I just say how much I hate the freaking log cabin republicans um you can uh, i will allow it we'll allow it sounds good because because they sit there and they put that ridiculous endorsement in the washington post over the weekend talking about how there's been no better president for the lgbtq community <laughs> this the guy who on his first day in office started rolling back trans rights Oh, uh, mm. wonderful! And and it and if you read the um, the op-ed that they wrote for their endorsement, it's obvious that the only people that seem to matter to them are uh, white gay men. <laughs> I've always gotten that impression from them because you know, I mean, think about it. Who has the most to benefit 
uh, from from a, a Trump, you know, a Trump type administration. Well, for, first and foremost, are going to be straight white men, right? Right. Right behind them, probably gay white men. Yeah, because you know, if you stay in the closet, you're indistinguishable. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I'm not trying to put down, you know, gay white men at all, at all. But conservative policies, when you have, you know, a disposable income, you know, because gay white men are going to make more money than straight white women, trans women, women of color, men of color. You know, I mean, it's just, it's ingrained. Uh, there, there's, go ahead. That, that, the, the idea that um, gay white men are this vast class of rich guys with all kinds of disposable income is it, a little bit of a stereotype because it no. really depends on what they do for a living. I understand. I understand that. I'm just saying that they're the opportunity to make money is there because yeah. they still have their white male privilege. Uh, you know, because right. you know, I you know, look at me. I'm no high roller when it comes to my line of work. You know, so obviously the same is going to be for you know, you know, gay white men who work in the service industry or or. Uh, retail whatever yeah. you know so it's it's and, not a monolithic thing it's a very niche thing that what do they right. comprise what are they called they're called log cabin republicans <laughs> you know yeah so basically yeah. it's I it's mean, more of the i got mine you go ahead and struggle for oh, yours yeah. crowd oh, yeah. classic cons- classic conservatism i got mine fuck you yeah but go oh, ahead Kat. classic white maleism <laughs> yeah I mean, any any uh, well-off white male that you know, their first response to anything that that has to do with helping somebody who's not white and male tends to be, well, you know, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. Why can't you do the same? Mm-hmm. You know, I I built this business from a small loan from my father of one million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, you know, and again, I, I'm sorry if I tread, uh, trod into any kind of stereotype. That wasn't my intention, but, it, you know, there it, it strikes me that every time I see one of these log cabin Republicans, they're like, you know, they're almost, almost always mostly white men. And they always, right. all almost always seem like they're very well-to-do. And they're like, oh, I don't see any oppression. I'm rich. You know? Of course. Of course you won't see oppression if you're rich. There there are some white women among their numbers, but I don't think I've ever seen a person of color who's a log cabin Republican. The best justice money can buy. Yeah, really. um, You know... uh, and, and you're right. Most of them are well-to-do, and mo- that's because a lot of them are people who went into fields like finance and venture mm-hmm. capital and that sort of thing, and so they, they make their money off of having had money to start with. And most of the gay white men I know, almost all of whom are Democrats, 
Yeah. Um, you know, they work as nurses and social workers and teachers and, sure. you know, helping fields and things that are considered traditionally feminine jobs. Mm. But, you know, and and none of them are wealthy and a lot of them, if you were to suggest to them that if they suddenly became rich, they would change their attitudes, they would look at you like you'd grown a second head. Yeah, and of course, our good friend Tim Cormall, Tim Cormall in the chat says, this gay white male is anything but Republican, and then he puts... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put, he, well, he, exactly. He, he, he. So. And, you know, it's uh, the, the log cabins, uh, from the day, the first day that I knew who they were and what they were, which has been like 25 years or so, I've always thought that how could you possibly be gay and be a Republican? <laughs> yeah, it's it's nuts. It's like Jews for Jesus, really. You know, it's um, it's it's no, the, it's it's not even that because at least Jesus is a positive. Well, okay, it's like Jews for Nazis. Yes. <laughs> so, Jews for Hitler. Yeah, Jews for chicken Hitler. For Colonel, chicken for Colonel Sanders. Yeah, chickens for yeah. Colonel Sanders. There you go. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Kat, um, I, I appreciate you calling in. And yes, uh, log cabin Republicans, what the fuck? Seriously. They've been yeah, they've kind of been I, the laughing stock for oh, so long now. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know that you wanted to stay away from the political stuff tonight, but That's I had okay. to get that off my chest because there was there was even a segment on AM Joy over the weekend oh, that was okay. just absolutely priceless where a log cabin Republican was trying to defend it. <laughs> wow, wow. Well, Cat, well, yeah. I'm ready to go back to talking about anime porn. How about you? <laughs> Why not? Oh, I, I could probably do that as well. Well, Kat, I appreciate your call. And Caitlin Chris looks like she yep. called in right and, and hung up after, I guess. She, uh, but Caitlin Chris, I'm sorry we didn't get to take your call. But I, I miss you, sister, and I want you to call in the next time around. But, uh, Kat, are you excited about the 40th anniversary of the life of Brian? Oh, absolutely. All right. Not my so. Messiah. So <laughs> there we go. Uh, well, you know, I'm not the Messiah. Well, I I, I think you are because I should know because I've followed a lot. Uh, so, <laughs> but anyway, I kind of butchered that. But anyway, Cat, right. it, it was a pleasure talking to you, uh, and we'll we'll get you back on real soon. And have a wonderful okay. evening. And uh, you too. see you later. All right. Bye. Bye, bye, Cat. So. Okay, uh, thank you, Kat, for calling. Sorry, Caitlin, Chris, once again, uh, but we do have to run to the break. Full hour talking about the 40th anniversary. I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited about this because I, I planned this like months ago, and then I kind of missed the mark last Friday. I probably should have done it on a Friday, but I think tonight is the better night to do it. And again, sorry, no Mad Cons, formerly known as Mad Libs. Uh, tonight, but uh, you guys are gonna have just as much fun with this because it's it is uh, uh, the audio I got is great. The you know all the Python guys, I got stuff from documentaries and old news clips and stuff like that, clips from the movie, and um, you know no Mad Libs, but you know what? Just look on the bright side of life. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, always, always look on the bright side of life. <laughs> look at that. Uh, no planning. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're going to go to the break. Uh, the 40th anniversary of Monty Python's Life of Brian, right after this. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. If you've got a chair, sit down. Relax. I, I'm not, I, got, I got some stuff to say here. Broadcasting live on Indie Media Weekly Radio. This is Indie Media Weekly Radio. This country, I believe, is going to be rocked um, in the next 24 hours. IndieMediaWeekly.com And now, on with the show. We, we got lumps of it around the back. Welcome to another edition of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. What you're about to see is nothing short of a miracle. So revolutionary that at this point in time, there is nothing else like it anywhere. You may ask yourself, how is this possible? Computers, that's how. He has a machine and a cord right out of his computer. Prepare to make computer to computer contact. That is an idiot idea. Holy macro. The internet, that's the one with email, right? You've got mail. Yeah, who said that? Thank you. God bless the internet. That's where the real action is. Come on and take a look. This could be very interesting indeed.
like Moon Mare says in the chat, I can't believe it's been 40 fucking years. It has been 40 fucking years since the release of The Life of Brian, Monty Python's The Life of Brian in the United States. Almost to the day, August 17th, uh, 1979, I believe. Uh, but before we get into things, let's welcome back my motley crew from Mike Check Radio, subbing for Rain and Joe while they are out. Uh, starting with the man himself, Adam Hebert. Welcome back, sir. Uh, by the way, if you won't agree to talk about selling me Japan, including all the anime companies, I will walk away from my contract negotiations. Uh, okay, see ya. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> and Michelle Lagan, Port St. Lucie, Florida, the Rogue DM, welcome back to you. That is me, and you know, it, it, it makes me feel as, as, as old as it as I do when I think back how long I've been playing D&D. So. See? There you go. Yep. Yeah. And last but certainly not least, the Galaxy Master, uh, Miles Lagan, uh, the man who at some point will reclaim his garage. That's the plan. Yeah. yeah. It's not in writing, luckily. Is it in writing? Yeah, it's on uh, the chalkboard. It is on the chalkboard. <laughs> it's on the chalkboard. What are you guys, Glenn Beck? So. <laughs> No, but I, ha I have a honeydew list, and it's been there, and it's even dated. So I won't tell you how old the date is, but like five years or something. So okay, See, I have right. a honey don't list. <laughs> so uh, so all right, so here here this it went something like this. All right, uh, honeydew miles organized garage. There you go. Yeah. So and and also we got lumps of it around the back. Yeah, there we go. Thank you, Terry <laughs> Terry Gilliam. <laughs> so that is a clip from uh, an absurd clip. We've got lumps of it around back. <laughs> so that's a little 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 uh, uh, obscure clip from the life of Brian uh, Terry Gilliam as one of the guys who were uh, in charge of leading people to the crucifixion. Uh, so anyway, let's get right into this because uh, there is a great documentary on YouTube called The Secret Life of Brian. Uh, it's a BBC documentary, uh, and uh, somebody, I think, probably illegally uploaded it. But it, And I think it probably came out... I think John Cleese was like 65 when it came out or something like that, so quite some time ago. Because uh, Cleese is uh, late 70s now, right? Yes. Yeah, he's up there. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, uh, let's let's get straight to it. Uh, the the life of Brian originally was not going to be the life of Brian. I don't know if you guys know this. I'm sure there's a lot of people who do know this, but the the movie was not going to be the life of Brian. Apparently, they, I think they were in Amsterdam or something like that, and they they were talking in it. They, they were on the publicity tour from uh, the Holy Grail. Which is my one of my, that's like my third favorite movie of all time, by the way. Um, the first, but I think first is Brazil. We only uh, first is Brazil. Second is Plane Nine from Outer Space. Third is The Holy Grail, uh, and then fourth is probably Eraserhead, and fifth is probably Life of Brian. Uh, but uh, I think it fluctuates from time to time. But the the top three pretty much stays the same. Uh, but yeah, so uh, but. Here we go. This is uh, what Life of Brian originally was going to be. 
we'd been doing our, our publicity for Grail, it sort of brought us back together again. And I think we must have felt, well, the Grail's going down well. Maybe we should do another movie. The moment was really in, in, in Amsterdam, uh, one of our uh, drunken pub crawl one evening. And, and that was Eric when he said, you know, wouldn't it be great? Let's do Jesus Christ, Lust for Glory. And you know, I fell off the chair because that was so outrageous and wonderful and spot on. My reaction to the idea of doing a Bible story was slightly disappointing because um, uh, I always thought the costumes were so boring. <laughs> going to Church of England school, every time we had to do a paint a biblical scene, you know, I thought, oh, it's everybody just in long robes. It's not very interesting. So that was Palin, Gilliam, and Jones in order in that clip. And, and Terry Gilliam, it, he... At, you'll hear later on in the clips where it, he Terry Gilliam is like me. He's like, oh yeah, if you can take on that religious trope or whatever, and and you know, just go at it, do it, do it. You know, it, like he said, he fell out of his chair. The you know, Jesus Christ lust for glory. Could you imagine <laughs> that movie never would have gotten made, <laughs> never. No. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, so, uh, the, the, you know, uh, it, it, time went on, you know, not much time, but they, they started, uh, you know, talking about it and, and they liked the idea of having a biblical era, uh, kind of, uh, oh yeah, thank you, Heather, John Cleese is 79. So yeah, so this documentary is 14 years old. Holy shit. Uh, so, um, I guess that would have been for the 24th fifth anniversary that they made the documentary then um but uh but yeah so they decided okay th this isn't gonna work we can't well and they had a reason why jesus wouldn't make for a good lead for the movie and this is where they they started discussing that and uh you should be able to identify the voices of all the different python people there are some other people who come in like journalists and stuff like that who I didn't go whole hog on trying to figure out who was who uh, from the documentary, but you know, you'll you'll know the cast members of Monty Python, I'm sure, as all good Python heads would. So here here's part two about moving away from Jesus as the the pivotal uh, character. What began as Jesus Christ, lust for glory, actually gradually moved away from from that idea simply because they found Jesus Christ wasn't funny you know you've got christ saying very good things and saying the right things and um as a wonderful figure so that's not where the, the fun lies really once you start thinking about it it, it it's kind and start just thinking of it in everyday terms you see you accept that this happened but when Mary said to Joseph, you, I'm pregnant, but it's okay, I wasn't with anyone because the Holy Spirit comes down, you know, and then Joseph goes off to the pub and says to his <laughs> friend, you know, I was a bit worried that my wife was here. It's all all right because she, she, she was impregnated by the Holy Ghost and all his friends say, oh, fine. Well, that's a relief. You see what I mean? The moment you start <laughs> looking at this stuff, there's a funny side to it. You hear that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. My wife, you know, she she did she wasn't screwing around. It was the you know she got impregnated by uh, some meteoric meteoric sperm from heaven. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, and uh, th this uh, dovetails straight out of that is is fine. You know, fine finding the comedy in in the context of 
what was going on in Judea back in the day. The comedy, it seemed pretty clear, was in the interpretation of the, of the gospel. The angle that we all agreed on in the end was that you'd look at the historical situation in Judea at that time. It was a time when the sort of millennium was being sort of thought about again and people were, were expecting God to come down and clean up the world and all that. So people were looking for messiahs. And so the idea of someone being chosen uh, as the messiah when all, all he is is somebody happens to be around at the same time in the same place seemed to unlock um, a way of doing this. I don't think there's any um, moment when we thought, well, we don't want to do that because it might be blasphemous. Um, it was just really a question of being guided where the comedy was. I was always convinced there was nowhere you couldn't go or you sh- shouldn't go more to the point. I think that's there are no sacred cows, and if they are, they're, if they're really <laughs> sacred, then let's see how much we can puncture them and see if they still float. <laughs> so, now, Terry Gilliam always comes back, fuck it, let's just do whatever, you know. But I, I do love that that they're like yeah well you know there was this guy who was around at the same time as jesus and people were really looking for something you know uh, you know because of the oppression by the romans you know jews were, were were grasping for for some kind of of leadership and there were resistance movements against the romans and they were looking for people who were a voice of reason in all of this and that's where the humor comes from is that this guy Brian, in this case, is like, no, no, I just, I just happen to be here. No, stop. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to ha- get laid. <laughs> you know, um, and uh, and, and to me that, you know, I, I've never thought until now. I've never really thought about what this movie is i've always kind of taken it as yeah like you know uh siskel and ebert said in that that review i played in the first hour it's a it's a parody of religious movies it's really not it's really not a parody of religious movies that's what i always felt about it but it really isn't when you hear them discuss it they're saying that you know like what john take what john cleese said yeah imagine you're around in that time and you know a joseph goes to a pub and says Oh, yeah, my wife didn't cheat on me. She was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. And people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, sure, that makes sense. Uh, Or, you know, people are desperately looking for some kind of savior. And they they see some guy and they're like, you know, they... they uh, he leaves his gourd behind and they grab his gourd and then they pick up a sandal and it's a sign, <laughs> you know? Um, and he's just like, I don't want anything to do with this. You know, it, it, so I, I think... The genius of of this movie, and I don't even laugh that much when I watch this movie. There are great moments, the stoning, the, you know, you're all different, you know, the, you know, crucifixion, (laughs) you know, just, I mean, so many different things that make me laugh. But when I watched it this last time around, I really absorbed it as just this critique of how everybody kind of picks up what they want to you know uh, 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 inform their worldview whether it's it's foolhardy right wrong uh you know or, or whatever it's just whatever makes them feel good and they're like yes i'll take this as a sign this is it you know 
Uh, so, so I really think it's again, it's not it's not a parody of Ben Hur or the Ten Commandments. It's nothing like that. It, it really is kind of getting at the heart of what religion became over the last two thousand years. So I don't know, uh, uh, Miles. What do you, what do you think about that? That's a spot on assessment. I I they. I'll say that Monty Python was smart enough, unlike, say, you know, that guy in the Beatles that said something about being bigger than Jesus. They're <laughs> smart enough to realize that if they went full bore against Christianity, they would have been, the, the movie would have been absolutely not as successful as it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have had a, a strong following amongst, you know, our kind, but it would have been so. I mean, like, I remember going to see. Um, Last Temptation of Christ, and that was protested hardcore. Oh my God! There were yeah, people. There were people outside the theater, uh, actively protesting it when my uncle went to take me to see it. Mm. Oh, and yeah. um, my uncle was snoring, sleeping through the center of the movie, the movie, and I was riveted. I love that movie. But anyway, it's a, a pretty cool uh, uncle. I think that I think yeah, but I think Python was, you know, as comedians. They could see a line and they didn't want to cross it. Yeah, and so they said, "All right, let's let's make it not quite, you know, let's not make it that do that uh, that too obvious." Yeah. So I think they were smart in that regard. Uh, Tim Coromel also agrees with us too, um, and thank you for that, Tim. And um, uh, Michelle, uh, what do you think about uh, the audio I've played so far, or you know? Uh, my interpretation of the film, you know, 40 years on. I think you're pretty spot on. Um, I do love how it still creates a lot of controversy, even though they're taking a very tongue-in-cheek and they're not trying to, as Miles said, they're not going after Christianity. Not in a, gonna, not at all. They're go- yeah, they're going after the hypocrisies and the, the tribalism and... You know the, the the silly stuff that really shouldn't matter if you really believe in the religion. Mm-hmm. So oh, and yeah, we'll get I, we'll yeah we'll get to the controversy too. We we got some. It, it's so funny. <laughs> Miles mentioned the Beatles. I don't know if you know the history of this movie, but another Beatle comes into play <laughs> later. I'll, I'll we'll we'll get to that. But yeah, um, uh, Adam, uh, what are your thoughts thus far? Well, I think it's a fascinating look into their creative process. Um, yeah. I've been a fan of British comedy for a long time, and I kind of had to go the long way around because I started my first uh, exposure to it was old reruns on PBS of Are You Being Served and Keeping Up Appearances. And, Same here. Uh, Chef. Yeah, I, 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 I did see Monty Python and Benny Hill before that stuff, but I did love those shows, too. And Allo, Allo. Dave Allen at large. No, I never saw that. Really? Oh no. Uh, I'll have to, I'll have to look love- it up on YouTube. Yes, absolutely. But let let Adam finish his point before I get to this next bit of audio. So I mean, so I mean, it's fascinating for them to to tell us about their creative process making this movie. Mm. It's an excellent insight, and yeah, you know, I mean, there's that thing that if you have to explain a joke, it, that makes it not funny. But at the same time. Just hearing how they came up with this idea, and you know, yeah, what you know, how they came, how they came to this particular um, notion, 
the film is fascinating. Yeah, yeah no sh- Uh Well, okay, and on that note, uh, the, the I think they went to Barbados, if I'm not mistaken. I think they decided to take a writing sabbatical in 78 to Barbados, I think. If it's not Barbados and somebody else knows, correct me if I'm wrong. And, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, how are we going to write a film there? We're just going to want to get drunk and go swimming every day. But they did. And then they shot the script around. And uh, EMI said yes. EMI is like, yes, we want this movie. We're going to finance it. No problem whatsoever. And uh, Michael Dealey from EMI read the script. He loved it. He still contests to this day. It's the funniest movie he's ever seen. And then there was a letter from uh, Bernard Delfont from EMI to Michael Dealey. And uh, this is this is Michael Dealey, again, from EMI, who said, yeah, we're going to make this movie. But then uh, somebody above him, a guy by the name of Bernard Delfont, had something else to say. Everything was now in position to start filming. All were ready to leave for Tunisia in several days. And then the boss of EMI, Bernard Delfont, read the script. I suddenly get a, a very, very angry uh, telex in those days from Bernard Delfont, who was chairman of the EMI entertainment section. He said, I've looked rather quickly through the script of the new Monty Python film and I'm amazed to find that it's not the zany comedy usually associated with his films, his films, but is obscene and sacrilegious and would certainly not be in the interest of EMI's image to make this sort of film. Every few words there are outrageous swear words, which is not in keeping with Monty Python's image. This is very distressing to me and is a very serious situation. I thought it's clearly ridiculous. He doesn't know anything about films. He shouldn't be making these judgments. I called him up and um, spoke to him and said, Bernie, you've got the wrong end of the stick, I can assure you, as a Catholic, not normally a qualification I use in the film industry, that uh, this is not blasphemous. It really isn't. And um, I don't think we should worry about that. And he had obviously made up his mind that it was. And he, after a lot of spluttering, got, and I argued with him and argued with him. And eventually he lost his temper and, and he used the immortal words, I'm not going to have people saying that I'm making fun of fucking Jesus Christ. So, the movie wasn't going to be funded by EMI. (laughs) And, on that note, I'm going to give you guys a cliffhanger and find out how the movie was saved when we come back. So, and, on the break, I have a very special song from the end of The Life of Brian for everybody. Uh, So, and you you know what? If somehow this is in violation of uh, whatever... Audio-wise, I haven't had a podcast pulled down yet, and hopefully it won't be pulled down now. But yes, we're going to listen to the bright side of life on this break, folks. And um, this is actually audio from the film and not from a CD or the soundtrack or whatever. Uh, So yeah, do do you guys know? uh, If you know, don't give away the answer, but do you know how the movie was saved for uh, uh, funding-wise? Do any of you know? No. Michelle? No. Adam? George Soros? Uh, you got one of the names right. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, let's go ahead and... I, was, ru- I, was, I thought I was being deliberately wrong. Oops. Sorry. Well, no, it's okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, break time. We'll be right back. Uh, and again, always look on the bright side of life. 
Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. So new and different, it won first prize at the International Inventors Exposition. KennyPick.com Cheer up, Brian. You know what they say? Some things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, don't grumble, give a whistle. And this'll help things turn out for the best. Aye. Always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten. And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. When you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle, that's the thing. And always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the right side of life For life is quite absurd And death's the final word You must always face the curtain with a bow Forget about your scene Give the audience a grin Enjoy it, it's your last chance anyhow So always look on the bright side of death Just before you draw your terminal breath Life's a piece of shit when you look at it Life's a laugh and death's a joke, it's true You'll see it's all a show, keep on laughing as you go Just remember that the last laugh is on you And always look on the bright side host of the Tim Cornwall Show. And I'm Joe Santorsa, co-host and head mechanic of the Clown Car Garage. Each week, our guests join a roundtable discussion of the political news of the week and peek into the GOP circus tent. And of course, no circus is complete without clowns. And each week, I inspect the clown car to see what obnoxious fumes they have been spreading all around the country. So join us each week. Admission is free, but just one word of caution. If you see the GOP clown car, get out of the way. They're terrible drivers. Hey, Joe, what was that? 
Uh, I think we just lost another clown car. Tune in for the Tim Coromall Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio, Mondays and Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly Radio. IndieMediaWeekly.com Extraterrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. Indie Media Weekly Radio is proud to bring you the Thomas Jefferson Hour, a radio program that models civil discourse, critical thinking, and good citizenship. Join nationally acclaimed humanity scholar and award-winning first-person interpreter of Thomas Jefferson, Clay Jenkinson, for the Thomas Jefferson Hour, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Sundays at 4 p.m. The Thomas Jefferson Hour on Indie Media Weekly Radio. Visit them at jeffersonhour.com. Listener, I have a very special offer for you today. Are you interested in listening to a group of middle-aged white people talk about geeky subjects once a week? Very refreshing and new, I know! Me and my friends at First Table Gaming enjoy having roundtable discussions on important and intelligent dumb shit. For example, why doesn't Magneto just use the Earth's molten core to put us all out of our collective misery? Can he even control lava? What is even in lava? How can anyone actually know what the core is made of? Does Wonder Woman have a favorite color? Find out more about this useless information by listening to Lunatic Parade Podcast. We stream every week. Catch us on Fridays at 10.15 or Saturdays at 7 here on Indie Media Weekly. Hi, this is Tim Coromall from The Tim Coromall Show, and you are listening to IndieMediaWeekly.com. Extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. Where is it that you're from? Cleveland. Cleveland. Lake Erie. Erie. What was once the mistake by the lake is now the roar by the shore. I'm rapidly becoming a big underground success in this town. Cleveland has taken its honored place in the building of America. (laughs) Thank you, Cleveland. Thank you, Clarksville. Thank you, Port St. Lucie, twice. (laughs) <laughs> sorry i i thought i felt like we needed a cl at the beginning of port st Lucie there so welcome back everybody so are you guys having fun with the the uh the the life of brian discussion here oh yeah yes well yeah and are you ready to find out who saved the life of brian in 19 uh well i guess 78 is probably when it was saved uh, but yeah, there was a, a, a saint, it was a saint who saved it. St. George, actually, just so you know. Uh, so you got George, right, Adam? Uh, but let's find out a little bit more about this after EMI was like, oh, you know, the, the, one of the heads at EMI was like, oh, it's no, it's making fun of Jesus. Wasn't making fun of Jesus, dummy. Uh, let's find out who, uh, who nutted up and, uh, saved the life of Brian. It was a mortal blow when EMI pulled out because, um, you, you know, we, we had no other option at the time. I actually thought the thing wasn't going to happen. I remember I accepted a role uh, working with Peter Sellers in Vienna doing a remake of Prisoner of Zenda. A race to find finance for the film ensued, with Eric Idle and producer John Goldstone departing for America. Eric Idle said, well, you know, the one person that has always been a big Python fan is, is George Harrison and he lives in the Hollywood Hills and 
um, we should really go and see him and talk to him about it. And I think we sent a script ahead of time for him to read. And then, anyway, a miracle. A miracle happened. A miracle. St. George of Harrison, um, thanks to Eric Idle, um, heard about the project and said, yes, you know, I'll, I'll, I'd like to do it, you know. What we did was um, we pawned my house and the office... This is George Harrison. ...in London, and uh, to get a bank loan... And that was a bit nerve-wracking. George put up all the money himself, and in doing so set up the company Handmade Films that would go on to make Mona Lisa and a private function, amongst others. And so, several months later than planned, in September 1978, the 41-day shoot began in Monastir in Tunisia. All right, so look at that. Adam and Miles collectively were, what does Victoria Jackson say? Prescient. You said George Soros, it was George Harrison, and Miles said before that, you were talking about how John Lennon was blasphemous. <laughs> and, yeah. and George Harrison, while his guitar gently weeps, saved the film. And it's a shame, too. He's, he's like, really talented, and he's, one of, he's the one Beatle that people always tend to forget. Oh, God, I love George Harrison so much. What is Life is such a great song, and I cannot wait to get our music license back, people. Still working on it. I'm going to try and make another phone call tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, George Harrison, imagine that George Harrison saved the life of Brian. How cool is that? That is cool. Yep. And... Well, so uh, the and by the way, they went to Tunisia to to film the movie, and of course, it wasn't Tunisia a place where they shot a bunch of uh, a New Hope as well. Yes, that's where the, the Tunisia is where they shot the scenes for Tatooine. Well, would you like to? Uh, would you believe? Believe it or not, there is another Star Wars connection. Did you know that Jesus uh, in the life of Brian was also in two Star Wars films? Once more, please. I missed the first part of that. Jesus, who, you know, was, you know, in the scene doing the Sermon on the Mount in the life of Brian, was also uh, in Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Oh, cool. Yeah. So uh, it was uh, Kenneth Cawley, uh, who is, uh, he's, he's still alive, he's 81 years old, and he was Admiral Pyatt in uh, The Empire Strikes Back and oh. Return of the Jedi. So isn't that cool? <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. yeah. So That's the guy who, who replaced the guy uh, Vader force choked to death. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, or, well, no. Uh, well, no. no, no. Uh, that was I'll the, take your that word. That was the for guy it. who replaced the guy that was force choked. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Vader did did more than one. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a choky guy. Choked, he force right. choked. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was he was a choker. Yeah. He force choked. He force choked <laughs> Ozzel for getting too close to Hoth, and then he force choked Nita for failing to capture the Millennium Falcon, mm -hmm. and Admiral Piet took over. Well, he was Captain Piet and he became Admiral, yes. Admiral Piet, yeah. 
Okay. Well, there you go. So Jesus was I'm in sorry, Star Wars. I'm sorry, we're nerding this up too much. Jesus was in Star Wars. No, it's okay. This is a nerdy show tonight. So, but yeah, so just so you know, Jesus was in The Empire Strikes Back. Um, so, all right. Well, let me tell you. So the film gets made and then it gets released. Okay. And there's some outrage <laughs> because <gasps> nobody understand what. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We got to, you know, outrage. Um, yeah, so uh, l- let me play this clip from the documentary, The Secret Life of Brian, and then we'll get into some uh, uh, some other stuff. But this is, yeah, the the big Christian outrage uh, from this uh, is, I, I love this, because what Terry Jones says at the end of this clip is solid gold to me. The most offensive part of the film, from the Christian community's point of view, was very definitely the crucifixion. They're insulting the Savior that we love, who shed his blood for us, who died for us, and this is what it's all about. This is a Christian guy. Crucifixion, I think, as a sort of Jolly Boys outing, I think that that really is something that I felt was really offensive i have no sympathy whatsoever uh, any religion that makes a form of torture into an icon that they worship seems to me a pretty sick sort of religion quite honestly Ooh. Amen. 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 so uh when the film was released in the united states there was quite a bit of outrage and we do have um let me find it here uh, there, I have a little redux of uh, American news from 40 years ago. This is uh, how that sounded. A group of rabbis and priests held demonstrations over this past weekend, and they were demonstrating against a movie called The Life of Brian. Well, the new Monty Python film is entitled The Life of Brian. It is a spoof of the life of Christ and has managed to offend just about every religious group in this city. Monty Python's Life of Brian, a film attracting much attention today outside the Warner Brothers building in Rockefeller Center. Demonstrators gathered to call the film blasphemous. Catholic, Jewish, Greek, Orthodox, and Protestant religious leaders all condemned the film. The New York Archdiocese officially on record against it. Wow. <laughs> They're just freaking out. They're, and and they, it wasn't just the United States where people were freaking out. because, well, it, it, And that's this is an important thing, and I, I didn't mention this, is that they, the, the Python guys, decided... It should be released in the United States first because we're all about free speech over here, folks. <laughs> Somebody forgot to tell the fundies. <laughs> uh, free speech yeah. if they're saying it, not if other people are saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. If they say, you know, you're, you know, uh, they, they want to uh, try and trash somebody over you know who they choose to love or you know their body autonomy or something like that and call them demonically possessed or whatever bullshit they want well that's protected and we should probably put that into legislation too but if a movie comes out that doesn't make fun of jesus but is said at the same time that jesus was crucified and talks about the has a comedic approach um you know Oh, so so disappointing, America. (laughs) 
Uh, oh, and there's one well, other I thing. Mean, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, you see this a lot where, uh, you know, these conservative Christians will blatantly lie about a movie. I mean, that's what they did about The Golden Compass. They mm-hmm. was like, it's an anti-God book series. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh and of course, so they're making stuff up about this film too. I mean, it's not shocking. It's their, mm-hmm. it's their standard. It's their, sta- it's their mo. Lie, yeah. lie, lie, and basically browbeat people until you get your binky. Well, fortunately, Adam, and what a great segue. There was a televised debate on uh, the BBC uh, forty years ago. And uh, this is a discussion of Malcolm Muggeridge. <laughs> Malcolm Muggeridge. <laughs> uh, it, it was, it was, it was He was a former satirist that became a born-again uh, Christian, and he was also noted for uh, 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 groping women um, quite a bit. But then he became born again, you know, of course. But there was a debate with uh, with Malcolm Muggeridge and some other like gaudy Catholic archbishop or something like that. But I got one clip from this. I encourage everybody to go watch the full debate themselves. But what you're saying, Adam, is yeah, they're making shit up out of whole cloth about the movie. And fortunately, 40 years ago, when people were doing that, well, John Cleese and Michael Palin were there to call their shit out and it was it's glorious one of the greatest events in televised history is this debate over the life of brian with malcolm mugger uh, muggeridge <laughs> and now there's uh, a name for an uptight a-hole yeah 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 I, I guess we could turn that into an adjective muggeridging uh you know uh, where you make up shit about a movie that didn't happen and get smacked down by somebody who uh you know understands the sort the, the the material so here you go you keep making the basic assumption that we are ridiculing christ and christ's teaching and i say that we are not but do you imagine that your scene for instance of the sermon on the mount the scene in this in your your film of the sermon on the mount right. is not ridiculing one of the most sublime utterances that any human being has ever spoken on this earth of course it is. No, no, it's Absolutely making fun not. of the guy who's remembered it wrong and of the people who don't understand it and miss mm. the point. Well, I think, I that think that's really unfair because I think that a lot of people looking in will think that we have, we have actually ridiculed Christ yes. physically. Christ is played by an actor, Ken Colley. He speaks the words... Um, from the Sermon on the Mount. He's treated absolutely respectfully. The camera then pans away. We go to right to the back of the crowd to someone who shouts, speak up, mm. because they cannot hear him. <laughs> now, I mean, if that utterly, no, no, that that utterly no, undermines that one's faith in Christ, no, no, then I think faith cannot be turned into I started off by saying that this is such a 10th rate film that I don't believe that it would disturb yes, I know you started with an open faith. mind. I realize that. I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you started with an open mind. I realize that. But yeah, I, I mean... Right there. No, how dare you? You're going after the. You're you're ridiculing the Sermon on the Mount. No! There's somebody in the back who can't hear. And they said, Blessed are the Greek. Did he say, Blessed are the Greek? Is that what he said? Oh, no, the meek. He said, The meek. (laughs) Blessed are the cheesemakers. You know, I mean, seriously, I'd say you can't make this shit up, but that muggeridge did make it up. Oh, sorry. 
That's okay. Uh, uh, I uh, tell myself I had to. My, my sciences are killing me. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you're, you're fine. We're, we're almost done here. We're making good time on this, by the way, too. So... Uh, mm -hmm. but, but yeah, Miles, did you want to, you want to hop in on, uh, on that, on Malcolm Muggeridge? How about you? Well, that's, that's your classic, um, you know, uh, he was on the attack and he was, uh, there was no, he wasn't there to try and reach some sort of like, you know, like, do, you know, it, it middle ground attack. Right. No. There was no, you know, is there a way that you could have softened it up with whatever, this or that? No, it was just straight up, like... And... When the super faithful mm -hmm. are under attack, they will, you know... And this is the kicker. This is from people that worship a religion where one of the tenets is to turn the other cheek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're right. It's and they bonkers. go full bore on the attack. So <laughs> I know. And, and go ahead, Adam. And ask any any ask any average Christian conservative. Please tell me what was said in the Sermon on the Mount. They're gonna go. Um, uh, abortion is bad. They yeah. don't know. Well, yeah. You know, they, they don't know. Yeah, I mean, they think the Beatitudes is a, a you know Beatles tribute band. Which they hate because the Beatles hated Jesus. And George Harrison funded this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so uh, Michelle brought this up earlier. Um, uh, the the film was actually it, well, I don't think it was banned in Germany. I think it was banned in Norway. Uh, but you yep. gotta love you gotta love the Danes for turning that into a marketing tool. <laughs> Uh, because this, this, here's a quick clip from The Secret Life of Brian. It might have been tricky to see Life of Brian in certain parts of the UK, but in Norway it was banned completely. You had to go to Sweden if you wanted to see oh, it, where cinemas proudly proclaimed, this film is so funny, they banned it in Norway. Yeah, so, so I'm sorry, not the Danes, but the Swedes. This film was so funny, they banned it in Norway. <laughs> oh, that is, that is like fucking nth level snark right there i love that that is awesome yeah, yeah, yeah germany doesn't allow it to be played on good friday oh okay okay so well look at that you're adding you're adding to the the history on this that i appreciate yeah. that so because I, um, I, we have a friend that's um we have somebody we know in 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 one of our the the the, the twitch channels we watch and she's from germany and she's, mm -hmm. she 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 said how it was banned in germany on uh, oh, that's on good awesome. friday that is awesome. Thank you. So, um, all right. So, I have one last thing to to play for everybody uh, on uh, on this subject on the 40th anniversary of the life of Brian. And very recently, I think it was from this year, um, on BBC Four, there was an interview with a fellow by the name of Reverend Professor Richard Burridge. So this guy, it, he is a Christian, and he apparently has, uh, I think he's made a thesis called The Case for Brian. <laughs> so so we're, we're coming full, full circle here, and he, and he talks about that interview, or I'm sorry, the, the debate 
from 40 years ago with uh, Muggeridge and the Archbishop, whatever, with uh, uh, Palin and Cleese. And uh, this is what this is what he had to say. And, and this is this is good again, because this is not to demonize Christianity at all. This is about, you know, um, this is just about people understanding what the truth is behind something. And uh, uh, Reverend Professor uh, Richard Burridge, he gets it. He gets what the life of Brian was. And uh, here's that clip. Canon Professor Richard Burridge is with us, Dean of King's College London and Professor of Biblical Interpretation. And I think you've organized, you're organizing a conference for next year. Jesus and Brian, what have the Pythons done for us? Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Well, good morning to you. Who won? Ultimately, do you think that particular argument, discussion about Life of Brian? Oh, there was no doubt. I watched it at the time. I've watched it many times since. Um, the performance by the Bishop of Southwark and Michael Muggeridge was embarrassing. Um, and uh, the joy of it was seeing Michael Palin get it, um, incandescent by normal Palin standards, as you put it. Um, I, I was just so, watching it again, so uh, disappointed that there wasn't the real discussion that they wanted, that many of us had wanted to have about the film. I, I didn't feel that Bishop and Malcolm Rogers even paid them the courtesy of clearly of having watched the film properly. Bishop but, 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 but I mean, I think you you believe the film was a more sophisticated take on our interpretation of Christ's life than was perhaps recognised by those of us who just went and laughed at the time. Well, as they made it very clear in the interview and subsequently and, and in the various diaries, it wasn't a take on Christ's life. And they wanted to do Jesus Christ's lust for glory and decided that when they read Jesus, they couldn't actually make fun of him, what they do is make fun of Brian, who quite clearly isn't Christ at the start of the film, the bit the bishop missed. Right. Um, because there's another manger with, <laughs> with another, the wise they, men they wandering off. They go to Mandy and then they go to the wrong manger and, and of course and there's the bit at the Sermon on the Mount where he's saying, blessed are the peacemakers and at the back of the crowd there's Brian and Mandy saying blessed are the peacemakers. Um, it, it, it's a way of taking uh, the mickey out of the way organised religion, the way uh, people follow people blindly. Uh, Judea at the time was full of pretend messiahs. I should know, Lord, I followed many of them as one of Cleese's <laughs> lines. And it's absolutely typical of that and the internecine warfare that was going on between the various Jewish liberation groups against the Romans, which is seen in, in, in the different popular fronts and so on. <laughs> so, so much of that was, was extremely accurate. It was a really interesting discussion of, of why was Jesus different from the Brian's uh, and all the other people that were around at the time, Judas, Judas, and so on, would have been a much more interesting discussion. Wow! Look at that. Uh, <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, and uh, amen, of course. Amen. 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 Uh, because uh, you know, I, I love that. You know, he, he's talking about this is kind of what was going on. You know, I, I should know if you're a Messiah. I followed a lot of them. You know, <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love that. So, and, oh, it, but but yeah. So, uh, uh, Michelle, any thoughts on uh, the uh, this this reverend who was like, yeah, what what they did forty years ago? Eh, kind of dumb. Um, not really. Um. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, we'll, we'll throw it to Adam. Adam, um, any any thoughts on that? About the ill-informed from 40 years ago and the informed from today? Just that I'm not really shocked that they were ill-informed. I mean, again, they tend to True. march in lockstep. They're to they don't they don't watch what 
supposedly offends them. Someone tells them this is offensive, and they're like, you know, they get out the pitchforks and torches. Are you and, saying that Satanic Panic was wrongheaded? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not Michelle is. I'm just agreeing with Michelle. <laughs> Oh, well, there you go. The greatest. She is after uh, all the. She is after all the greatest living DM. You you don't not agree with that. Yeah. There you are. So, uh, and oh, by the way, uh, uh, the table I met the craft table. I I put a picture of it in the. It's an old poker table. So it's a yep, it's I it's a hex it, it's a hexagon. So yeah, six sided table. Right? Is that by hexa- the power of Grayskull? Yeah. That is a pretty little table. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a picture in of the uh, one of the um, the inlays too, uh, so you guys. One can of your see thrift it. store finds. Uh, it was a Susan uh, picked it off the curb uh, and helped gave a guy five bucks to help uh, carry it to our uh, garage. So, wow. uh, but yeah, there, that there's there's one bargoon. Yeah, there's there's one of the inlays where that that's actually like lacquered or varnished over or maybe epoxy but there's actually like coins and poker chips and playing cards put in there but anyway uh uh, miles uh uh, uh, this guy gets it you know back in the day in judea uh uh, judea i'm sorry there, you know, there there were a lot of different factions looking for answers and trying to find somebody to lead them, and uh, this was this movie was never about mocking Christ, never. So well, uh, back in the day, I mean, you had the church, uh, you know, the, the the Hebrew church, and the Romans were smart when they conquered people; they let their religions alone they didn't interfere with them and in some respects like the greeks they they adopted some of the greek uh, gods mm-hmm. you know to into their own anyway so the the hebrews i mean when the church because christ was a rebel yeah he was not part of the establishment no he was against it and when he was throwing out the merchants out of the temple, the temple's like, what are you doing? Because the flow of money was there. And Christ was like, no, it's not about the money. And so, you know, the, the you'll see the people that are attacking you in Jesus' name. You know, they're trying to keep the power of the church. And it's not about the power. It's not about the money. It's mm-hmm. about the relationship with God. And that's, and it, anyway, I, I. So, yeah, this guy gets it. So, good on him for that. All right. And you know who else gets it? The People's Front of Judea. Are you the Judean People's Front? <laughs> Fuck off. What? Judean People's Front. Well, the People's Front of Judea. Judean <laughs> People's Front. Come <laughs> wankers. Can I wankers. join your group? Now, piss off. I didn't want to sell this stuff. It's only a job. I hate the Romans as much as anybody. Are you sure? Oh, dead sure. I hate the Romans already. Listen, if you wanted to join the PFJ, you'd have to have really hate PFJ. <laughs> I do. Oh, yeah? How much? A lot. Wow. Right, you're in. 
All right, you're in. The only people we ate more than the Romans are the fucking Judean people's front. Yeah. Yes. And the Judean popular people's front. Oh, yes. Yes. And the people's front of Judea. Yes. What? The people's front of Judea. Splitters. We're the people's front of Judea. <laughs> oh. I thought we were the popular front. People's front. Whatever happened to the popular front? He's over there. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's a vetting process. There you go. It, it really is. Oh, it really is. Oh, you know, the one last drop I didn't get was Brian selling uh, snacks at, at the, the Coliseum. I really should have got that. Wolf nipple chips. Get them while they're hot. <laughs> oh, classic. So, uh, but anyway, all right. Well, I'll tell you what. We're, we're just just a little bit over the top of the hour and i'm i'm impressed how how much restraint we've shown that we haven't gone super long but yeah there it is i hope i hope i did the 40th anniversary of uh the life of brian justice uh it's it's a great movie again in my top 10 films of all time so many classic moments but yeah uh uh give me your thoughts as we uh go out of the show on on uh, you know what you thought of that and everything else and also your parting shots and we'll go alphabetical tonight so adam what's your parting shot and do you feel like i i did a service to brian i think you did i i thought I, this was a lot of fun and it was very interesting to hear a lot of the controversy behind the film as well as again their creative process that's something that appeals yeah. to me uh my parting shot is first of all Please do not like get Trump inv involved in the India-Pakistan debate. He thinks they're arguing over a fucking sweater. <laughs> of course he that, does. That's a joke. <laughs> Actually, sad thing is, he probably does. Uh, second of all, today is uh, the birthday of one H.P. Lovecraft. Of course, remember the, the, the fiction, not the horrible racism and xenophobia yeah. and... All, you know, he was a garbage firing. All dear friends for coming to my birthday. There you go. And I want to get this out because for the next few hours, the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society has Herbert West Reanimator, a uh, radio drama in their Dark Adventure Radio Theater series, for free. Kenny, cool. Free. That is the best price. It's a good price. It's a solid, solid price. I like it. So I highly recommend it. Go check it out. And if you like it, please consider buying other uh, other radio shows from them because I love this product. I, I, Michelle, have you listened to any of them yet? Because I know I regularly send you what I buy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I several of them. They, they do very well. The production value is very good. Um, the stories, of course, are spectacular, As you, you know, <laughs> because they're but yeah, like I said, go buy, go get. All you have to do is put it in your cart and check out. It's free, folks. You have nothing to lose by checking out this free download. Very nice. Oh, by the way, uh, Trent it looks like Trent found his way into the chat chat room. As Tilted Simeon says, "Life of Brian is one of my favorite like films of all like time." It. Great episode, man. Thanks for having us. So, yeah, excellent. I think that's Trent. I'm assuming that's him because he said, "Thanks for having us." Um. 
But yeah, all right. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate that. And are you ready to uh, try and uh, um, annoy Joe on Friday? Uh, I, 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 I mean, I don't want to try and annoy Joe, but I probably will anyway. Well, so yeah. Well, let's all let's all try. Uh, so <laughs> I'm kidding. Just all right, do, and just do not call him Fredo. No, he will no. Cut you. No, don't do it, because you know, you know. I can handle things. I'm smart. Not like everybody says. Like dumb. I'm smart, and I want respect. Okay, Joe. And people, uh, <laughs> and people in hell want ice water. Uh, yeah, but no, Joe gets our respect. Uh, so uh, yes, Joe has my undimes. All right, uh, Michelle. Uh, did I do Brian justice? And what's your parting shot? Yes, you did. And um, as a as a um, rejo- as a, a connection to that, maybe in four more years we'll be talking about the meaning of life. I would hope so, honestly. I, 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 I would because you know you know what they say about sperm, right? Yeah, every <laughs> sperm is sacred. Uh and, well you cut and, and there's all and there's always room for one more mint. Sure. Oh <laughs> yeah, one thin mint. Every sperm is sacred. Every sperm is great. If a sperm is wasted, God gets quite irate. He sure does. And Michelle, you'll be back with us on Friday too. And thank you for that. We really appreciate your guys' help on Turn Up the Night. Always glad to help, and hopefully my skull's head vodka will last that long. Ooh! Oh, you right now uh, it doesn't look like it is. I, I think we're we're, we're pretty low on, on the the skull. Miles, miles, you could miles. Always buy more. <laughs> yes. Oh, you know what? In in honor of that, I'm gonna have to go buy some crystal head for this weekend then. <laughs> it, it, uh, huh. Yeah, it, this is such a pretty bottle, though. It's about so, the bottle. It, this is a special edition. It, it, the bottle was had a mirrored sheen to yeah, it. Yeah, it's like a bubble. Ooh. It looks like the, you know that sheen that's on a bubble. It's gorgeous. Ooh. Oh, like yeah. like that rainbow sheen, like like an oil. Yeah, slip. the iridescent. It's, it's got yeah. an iridescent quality to yep. it. Nice. So I, I love it. Just a clear glass. But I, I have to get it empty before Halloween, so. You know, I'm, I'm doing my oh, part. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, you know, it's, you know, Michelle, I know it's hard work drinking all that liquor, but, you know. But it's, it, such a, it's such a wonderful sipping vodka. I love it. Oh, it's so it's so nice, isn't it? Filtered through Herkimer crystals. So. <laughs> I don't care what it's filtered through. It's nice. Or, uh, all right. Well, very good. And, Michelle, uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight. Looking forward to Friday. And Sunday as well on Mike Check Radio. Miles, you get the final word tonight, sir. Uh, yes, absolutely. Did the did the Life of Brian Justice, and um, it's it's uh, wow, parting shot. It's. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm thinking at the beginning no, of Monty Python. My, 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 <laughs> I'll just go with the uh, Bill and Ted thing. Just be excellent to each other. That's my parting. Shot. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Well, and thank you, uh, you know, for for talking crafts and being a good co-host uh, with uh, uh, Brent. Uh, I'm sorry, not Brent, uh, Trent and uh, Curtis. And uh, yeah, and I hope everybody out there liked the show tonight. I know it was a little bit different, and now for something completely different. Uh, uh, completely yeah. different. 
uh, it's. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up right now. Uh, I have no idea what Friday is going to be because, again, it's going to be these maniacs here with me right now and Joe. <laughs> so we'll figure out. We'll figure out what's going on. It's going to be fun. Be on our best behavior. So, all right. Uh, pucker those pretty lips and put on your beards, ladies. It's time to end the show. We'll be uh, back on Friday. Uh, and when I say pucker, I mean whistle like the bright side of life uh and put on your beards for the stoning <laughs> so uh yeah so we'll see everybody on friday thanks for listening that's it over and out rock and roll god bless america time for go to bed i'm finished goodbye we now conclude broadcast activities on behalf of the management and staff we wish you a pleasant good night. Thank you. Good night, Lawrence. <laughs> That's it. around the back.